Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of Two Twins and a Mic. Uh, we've never done a podcast before, but you know it's something that we've been wanting to do for some time. And yeah, like now it's the Easter long uh, break and we said, let's just do it. Like we've just bought a microphone, um, pretty cheap actually. And $79 mic from JB Hi-Fi. Yeah, that's not, um, a, that's not a plug by the way, but it's not a plug for JB Hi-Fi yeah. or this stadium mic plug and play i think you guys are actually going to notice um i i even noticed when we were just doing the setup and everything that um even though we're twins identical twins we're, we're actually quite different and as the years progress um i'm actually starting to see a lot more differences in between um how you operate how i operate like even just then when we were listening to the sample feedback um from recording our voices like I, I definitely could hear that your voice was a lot deeper and mine is a lot more high pitched and nasally. Yeah. So first of all, guys, before we get into it, I actually want to give you a brief introduction um, about myself, my twin brother here. Obviously everyone's noticed now that we look very similar to each other. Um, and the reason being is we're identical twins. So my name is Sam. This is Eli. See, e even that is interesting. Like, <laughs> uh you're very structured very it's very formal like mm -hmm. i'm i'm trying to approach it this more in a more informal sense yeah so like I'm, I'm getting the feeling and the vibes like when you go to university or you start a new job and then they have that icebreaker mm -hmm. and you know you're like oh my name is blah 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 and this is my background so, so my view is mm -hmm. this is our first kind of podcast so we've never podcasted before to be honest a lot of both my brother and i were very much content consumers but deep down inside for a very long time, we've, we've known something inside of us has said, you know, you're better off as being producers. And we have a lot to say. I mean, we're very strong minded people. We have a lot of opinions. Um, some of them correct, some of them not necessarily correct. I mean, we definitely like to listen to other people's perspectives. But what we, we thought to ourselves was, you know what? This is a great opportunity for us to kind of get all these thoughts and ideas and opinions out in the open create a discussion, you know, talk about very profound, um, worldly things. Things might not even be necessarily profound, but that kind of capture our interest. And what we want to do is we want to see if we can kind of flesh these ideas out, develop them further and, you know, be part of this community online that's able to challenge our views, maybe, you know, provide some feedback, um, even question some of our ideas and concepts so that we do grow and we do evolve over time. Now you realize that we're not the best communicators yet. Oh, I disagree. I disagree. I'm ready to frame so, it. No, I mean like it's, it's fine that you have that perspective, but, um, so again, like even through this just initiative, this, what we're trying to do here, like I'm starting to also recognize, um, that there are some differences in terms of our, what we, like what our approach is, what we want to get out of it. And, um, like from my perspective, like the intention behind this podcast is still to an extent similar to, um, Sam, but realistically what I'm like hoping is just, this is just a long form podcast. Like as Sam was saying, um, and Sam's like full Arabic name is Samad, but I'm just going to call him Sam. 
and just to make things easier for everyone you know yeah like more we, more palatable yeah because <laughs> literally i mean the way i look at us is the aladdin twins mm. you know um we're both of palestinian background mm. um our surname literally means nobility of faith mm. um i believe it has turkish roots um i think so i think so yeah, yeah. And so, so, you know, maybe at some point people be identifying, identifying us as the Aladdin twins. Mm. Um, again, just to kind of add on to Eli's point, Arabic name, Hala, mm. um, we are, you know, we are, although we're identical twins, we are different people, you know, I'm married, um, I'm single. So before we get into that, I actually yeah. just want to bring it back to what like I was just saying before, like my, yeah. my hope with this podcast is that it's just a long form conversation. Yeah. Honestly, similar to like the Joe Rogan experience or even, um, what's his name? Uh, there's that guy. Impact Sh- Theory. Impact Theory. And then there's the other guy, the monk. What's his name? Oh, um, Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty, right? Yeah. So like, it's just a long form, like the conversation can be steered and go in any particular way. Like mm-hmm. it's not, there's no, the intention isn't, there isn't a defined structure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's intended to be a very organic conversation. And from the organic conversation, we'll obviously be able to pull out the themes and the topics of conversation and put that in the description so that if, you know, if you relate or resonate to, to the message and you want to listen to it, then, you know, um, listen to it. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I did, I just, I'm just, again, I'm finding it very interesting because, um, I can sense like in terms of, you know, this is just the introduction. We're trying to structure the podcast, like mm. the differences between you and I, because like I can sense that rigidity in terms of it's like, it's almost that. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a very like corporate formal. And like, we both work in the corporate world. Like yeah. he's in the private sector. I'm in the public sector. Um, you know, he's, he's in a, in a job basically, which is, you know, institutional fund management, which is obviously like a lot more corporate to them. What I do, like my role. Yeah. I think. F- and I accept that it's a fair point. Um, for me, part of it comes down to the fact that I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I'm trying to kind of fit this idea of how a podcast is supposed to be. Generally speaking, it might be because I'm uncomfortable. Maybe I don't really have any particular identity right now when it comes to podcasting. Um, it takes me some time to kind of drop my guard. I can understand why people might question sometimes if I appear a bit guarded. Um, maybe I am a bit rigid. Um, over time, I'm definitely mm. of the view that things will be more smooth. Mm. We'll be opening up more. We'll be developing a community. I, I could definitely sense that. And I, I think to an extent where the reason I feel probably a lot more comfortable um, at the moment is over the last couple of months, I've really had to like challenge myself and put myself in very uncomfortable situations and just learn how to be comfortable with discomfort. And so like, I'm, I, I'm actually sitting here and I, I don't feel like, um, weird about it or edgy or, and I, I've done a lot of like TikTok videos. So I've, I've passed that probably right. yeah. that threshold where, you know, looking and staring at the camera and like, obviously we can't see you guys, the audience out there. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like I don't mind. I just think to myself, yep, I'm just having a conversation mm-hmm. and I'm, I know there's going to be up people on the other end and that's, that's, that's it. Like, I think you're probably still working your way, um, through that barrier, that mental barrier. I've definitely never done anything like this before. Um, I know my brother's done some TikTok videos. Um, he's probably more familiar. I'm trying to get into this kind of zone where I feel more comfortable. Um, but I agree with what he's, what he said. So again, guys, you know, forgive us initially because we're still trying to find our feet, you know, we're trying to work out where things are going to go. 
Um, but realistically, I just want to say that, you know, both of us are very profound individuals and we definitely dig into the meaning of a lot of things sometimes when there's no meaning at all. Mm. And I feel like this podcast will be a great opportunity for us to kind of delve into these, these, these thoughts and processes and kind of the way we look at the world and the way we analyze the world. And obviously we'll, if, even though we're identical twins, we'll have different points of view, mm. different perspectives. We've gone through a lot of different things in our, in our lives. Um, as, and as mentioned earlier, I'm 31, obviously my brother's 31. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, he's, he's, he's the older twin by five minutes. Funnily enough, my wife was saying the other day, he just, it comes across as the more kind of mature protective twin. Um, you know, we've gone through different things, but I, I can, I can see that, um, I'll just give you some background about myself and then I'll kind of, um, kind of will let the conversation flow. What do you think? Um, I honestly, I think the background is not necessary. Like I don't want it to be a structured conversation. This is mm -hmm. my background and blah, blah, blah. I think throughout the, the episodes, you know, as we, as we build onto the, the platform here, you start to figure out things about ourselves, you know, what, how we like, what our likes, what some, some more details about our background, our history, you know, upbringing, etc. And I think that's probably more, um, fluid way for that, for that just to come about as opposed to, you know, like I'm, you know, A, B, C and D, yeah. like I, I personally don't prefer that approach. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll start the conversation. Um, it could be about what, what happened last night when we went over to Kevin's house. Well, I, I was actually thinking like you touched on a really interesting point about us being twins and yet being still very different. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, like I, 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 yeah, personally, I'm just trying to think to myself, um, like this whole nurture versus, uh, is nurture it nature? Versus nature basically. Yeah. 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 Like, like either born this way or like your environment shapes who you are and it kind of molds you. Hmm. I, I think to myself sometimes I'm like, sometimes I think that we are similar, but then I, I, I and I think that we, you know, we have these similarities because we were raised in, in the same environment, you know, with the same parents, but then like, there's this, this, there's this point nowadays where I'm starting to see a lot more of my brother's personality that I haven't seen before. Mm. And, and it's actually making me realize what, let's get deeper into that. So mm. how would you say I'm different these days? Would you say that I was previously very similar to you? And then kind of like, no, I think even, even back when we were like a lot younger, mm. you were still like quite different. So like the, when we were younger, um, my brother was actually very studious and we're talking like, you know, when we're in primary school, what would be called as, um, what the Americans call it? Like junior, oh, uh, like junior high school, not even junior yeah, high school. Like, you mean just starting out? Like we call it, we say, we, yeah, it's primary school. Primary school. school yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure what they call it. Similar to the British system. Americans might be like, um, junior, I'm not sure. Junior high. Middle school, middle school probably. Yeah, middle school is like before high school. Whatever's before, whatever comes before middle school. Mm. But yeah, so like I, elementary school, I, elementary school, right. Got it. Yeah. But I, I definitely remember like when we were younger that my brother was the studious one and I was a bit of a, of a rebel child, right? Like I was hanging around the wrong set of uh, people and he was also a lot more creative than I was. Um, so, and then this kind of goes into the fact that he's is a lot more intuitive than I am. And so like, I always knew even when we were younger that, um, you were different, like you, like you and I, even though we were twins, like I could sense the, the difference. Mm. And then I think what happened is, um, I saw the fact that his behavior as a studious, you know, 
as also he was a very not like he still is but like you know you're, you're a very like kind-hearted mm. very nice um win a lot like especially when you were younger so people used to say he was the evil twin yeah the good twin that's the, that's, that's that was my reputation yeah. i was considered the evil twin and i would say I, maybe when i was younger i was a bit of an angry child so i wouldn't say i wouldn't say angry it probably isn't even justified maybe more irritable um perhaps yeah but not necessarily angry i don't think either one of us and i know maybe like from my perspective and other people might have a different view. Mm. I don't think either one of us is angry by nature. I think we're both very calm, very measured, mm. very um, grounded individuals. Sometimes people can really cross lines and boundaries and that kind of infuriates us. As he pointed out earlier, I would say I was, I was, I might be perceived as the nicer twin, the more kind of yeah, understanding one. Mm. But that, that, that isn't necessarily a good thing in itself because I think a lot of people cross boundaries with me in the past mm. and that's and that's probably led me to this point which we'll get into later and yeah then, whereas you since well yeah well I guess where, where I started off was yeah. being very stubborn very defiant um, but yeah like I, I guess this is to the point about that you and I um, like even though we're twins there is even from a young age that like I could sense there was a disparity in terms of like who you or, or not disparity, but there was still a sense of uniqueness in terms of your, who you are and who I am. And what happened is I think around like when we were around, I think grade four, things started to change because I saw that, you know, his behavior was being rewarded with money, with like attention from the parents and stuff. And, and then I flipped the switch and said, well, I want the same level of attention. I want to be, you know, um, rewarded in the same way. So I decided to be, to change my ways essentially and be a studious person. And, um, I wouldn't say like I changed in terms of being more compassionate and kind hearted. I think it came more natural to you at that point. Like you were definitely the more sensitive, uh, yeah. twin. Yeah. I think mm. I was more mothered. Right. And I had a, probably a closer connection to my mom, mm. our mom. Yeah. It's the same mom. Um, and maybe, maybe cause I, I don't know, maybe I was cuddled more. Maybe I was a little bit, more, I guess cause you're also the youngest, maybe the youngest, the maybe they saw me as being the weaker one. I wouldn't say weaker. I yeah. would say it's like, um, like just the younger person and more sensitive. Mm. And I think again, this is probably a, being a bit more mothered and yeah, it's probably cause you were more at that point the golden child so more attention was being directed your way yeah whereas i felt as a bit of an outsider um yeah so yeah unless you're looking at my fingers yeah what's what's up what's no, that no, about so guys because i have a lot of knuckle hair you can't see it on the camera i don't know why yeah because he was saying earlier like oh your voice is deep and all that and i'm like you know what i probably do i have more testosterone and i actually wanted to do a um hormone test not that long ago I actually went to the doctors got the referral didn't end up doing the hormone test mm. but again like again we're twins right and identical so you would think we would very be very much alike so we're talking about like who we are mm. as, as twins yeah and then i'm like but i am hairier yeah right and i do have a deeper voice yeah that's right like, so the question is did i end up with more testosterone and yet we're saying here like i'm the mm. more sensitive one as well and like mm. you would think if that was the case where mm. I do have a high level of testosterone, why would I be more sensitive? I think, yeah. I think what's happened is, um, like your changes, hormonal and mm. physical changes are more recent, like probably over the course of the last five, 
five or six years, maybe a little bit longer from university, people used to say I had a deeper voice. Perhaps, perhaps even during university. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Um, but yeah, so I, I think I think around yeah. So when when I start, I started to change around grade four, mm. and then and then pretty much we started to like have the same friends, and like I think our identity started to merge even closer. Um, and then roughly, yeah. And, and the thing is guys, like when we were in primary school, like our parents, um, had an agreement with the school that we weren't allowed to be in the same class so that we would develop our own unique personality. And I guess you would think it's all, it's like, it's, that's a bit harsh, you know, to separate two people. Um, but like, I guess, I guess in, in, in hindsight, it was a good thing like that for us to forge our own identities, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, but it's ironic because at the same time we ended up like still having the same friends and, uh, well, I, I would essentially, I think they were your friends anyway, to start with. Not necessarily. I mean, a few of them were yours, mm. you know, we might make, um, we'll, we'll say Deepak, you'll be happy to know that, but, but this is before he's in primary school, it's Hoy oh, and primary Aaron. School, yeah. Well, Aaron was actually my friend. Yeah. That's kind true. of, yeah. yeah. It, it's hard to say, like if, there's a lot of overlap, um, with being identical twins you don't really have an opportunity to have your own space, even though, as you mm. mentioned earlier, our parents made it very clear to the teachers that they wanted us in separate classes for the simple fact that they wanted us to develop our own personalities, mm. our own identities. Mm. And it probably did work initially. Like, mm. There's no doubt about it. And you can only keep the person separated for so long because in high school, it was based on your academic abilities, mm. your merit um, as a student, so you, you couldn't separate us in high school, although initially in the first couple of years, we were in different classes and that's when he made his friends. I made my friends and then it converged together. Yeah. And then that became a much larger group of friends, which is a good thing. I think it mm. wasn't necessarily a bad. Thing. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, um, just to show you the, the differences again, is like, so as, as Sam was saying, when, when you go into high school, your where you're placed is based on your academic performance and he was placed in a higher class to start with than I was. So I was in the, in a lower level class than he was. And so that's why we formed different friendships and stuff. But like when he was saying that I was, I was laughing inside because I was thinking like, um, I've always felt like our story, but like even from my end, like it's always been a story of struggle. Like also try, cause when you're a twin, the game of comparison, it's always there. Right. So like you always have some, your parents will always have somebody to compare you to the teachers, etc. So, you know, um, him being in a higher class, I always kind of had that sense of inadequacy, which is just like, I had to like, you know, that it's, and it, it's again, psychologically, it's a very dangerous thing to be comparing yourself to someone and always feel like, um, you're not good enough, you know? And I think that's like people, they probably don't realize you know, they, they see twins and they think, oh, you know, it's, it's cute. It's, you know, it's, wouldn't it be nice to have somebody there? And it is, but like at the same time, you also have somebody there that's constantly, you're being compared against, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, you only start to realize some of like those impacts as you get older and more mature in terms of how that's like had an influence in terms of who you are as an individual. And as, as Sam was saying early, earlier, like we both developed to have this habit of uh, perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's also largely rooted in the fact that our parents, um, being ethnic Palestinian parents, you know, where education is, is top priority. Yeah. Um, like 
there was no room for failure, right? And you can't compound that with the fact that you're a twin and you have a benchmark and you're constantly being compared to. Like, you, I feel like we became almost like hyper perfectionistic. Like we really like in the sense, guys, like we don't want to fail. Like there's this huge fear of failure and disappointing our parents. So like this probably is going to transition into the this like, next topic but about yeah. us becoming, turning into parent think, pleasers and then people pleasers. I think for maybe a lot of people are similar, maybe they're not, don't necessarily know, but um, for good majority of our adult lives, I, I would say we felt um, misunderstood. It's weird because you'd look and you'd be like, you have friends, you actually get along really well with people, very char- people people say we're charismatic. Or oh, us in general in terms of our in, interaction in general, with people. Right? Yeah. But deep down inside, the person's always felt um, inadequate or like there's something that isn't there that's missing. I think it's like never feeling satisfied, satisfied or fulfilled. Or fulfilled, yeah. Yeah. And, and you wouldn't know it because, again, I mean, if you look at us now, like we both have a double degree in commerce or finance and law. We went to one of the top universities in Australia. Um, you know, we both have very good jobs mm. and you know, there's a lot happening in our lives that we're very grateful for, grateful for yeah. and, we're, and we're blessed. There's no doubt, mm. but it doesn't change the fact as, as, as Eli was pointing out earlier, you know, like growing up, you're in a, you have someone that's almost your mirror mm. and you're always being critiqued, be it your parents or even the other, the other side. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, your hair it should be, is, is out of like, isn't right. You know, um, he dresses better than you he do. He you. speaks better than you he's, do. He, he has more, he's put more weight on than you. You're yeah. too skinny. He's, 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 he's backing on a bit too much weight. Mm. This one's hairier. This one's nose is bigger or whatever. This one's, yeah. You know, and, and it's not only just parents. It's also people, it's people. constantly. Yeah. It's a constant game of comparison, right? I wonder, I wonder if mm. other twins have that same kind of experience and I suspect it might be the case that a lot of them do feel this way. Yeah. Um, it's not, no one likes being compared. No, honestly. even when you don't have a twin, right? Exactly. Yeah. Even if you don't have a twin, even if you're the most good looking, successful person mm. on the planet, no one wants to be compared. No yeah. one wants to be compared. Everyone wants to be like, can you just accept me for my uniqueness, for who I am, for just who I as am. I am. Yeah. yeah. And so, so yeah, so this can kind of branch out and we could think of this as, Wait, it's not just us. A lot of people are actually in the same boat. But now imagine this being 24-7 mm. inside the home, outside the home, mm. you know, but from the moment you wake up to the moment you sleep. Mm-hmm. So so I myself and I think my brother's the same, but maybe I'm worse. I become like very attuned to everything, right? Mm. To the point where like I became so obsessed about like making sure before, you know, I'd go to work or school that my hair was right, you know? Mm. I do know. The shirt that. was right. Yeah. Like everything is right. Like it's 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 like... If things aren't perfect, it's it's just not good enough. And you you go to school, you go to work, and you're like some people literally look like they're just woken up. Yeah, you know, there's barely any effort. I mean, I I take your point. I I think to a degree that is um, a byproduct of us our upbringing as twins mm. and the need to feel um, put together and you know doing essentially like you know you're, you're pushing each other to be better versions, right? Like, because you're, you're constantly comparing. It's like, oh, he does this better. Maybe I should do it, blah, blah, blah. But, um, the honest truth guys. And like, you know, a lot of people who grew up with parents who were very, I would say, um, like, what's the word I'm trying to think about being trying to be polite here, but like very strict parents in terms of like, 
You know, if you grew up in an ethnic environment with ethnic parents, you know, they've, they've come from difficult uh, backgrounds, you know, and they're trying to establish themselves in new society here in Australia and wherever, like, you know, your parents are from. It's like there's this, there's this heavy expectation of, like, essentially don't mess up, right? Like, you need to get good grades, you know, you need to, you know, you know, fit in well with society, like, you know, you need to get good jobs, you need to, like, look presentable, respected, etc., etc. right? So, um, all of that actually also drives, and for us personally, like, um, I guess, made us into these hyper-perfectionistic individuals mm -hmm. where, like Sam was saying, like, you know, you want to look presentable to society. Like a lot of other kids say, you know, just wake up and it's like, I'll just put on my shirt, my shorts or yeah. whatever and rock up to school. It's like for us, no, like our parents wanted us to go into school uh, looking presentable, right? So like your hair is done, you know, you're, you're dressed like your clothes are ironed. Um, and so like, it's funny because I get that a lot from people which where they say, you know, like to a certain degree, people also intimidated, like sometimes by, by my brother and I, like we're, we're super nice, like we're super down to earth. Um, if at our core, like you, like our friends understand this very well. And even those close to around closest to us, but we're very grounded people. Like we're very down. Like we generally, I don't think we really care about much at our like authentic, um, root level. Like I don't honestly think we give a crap about anything. Yeah. So the, I feel like and you, and you're making a good point, but I was just, if I can add on to it, it it's that uh, we look at the world and, you know, you realize people are, are definitely in a rat race. People are very competitive with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, they're comparing themselves frequently to each other, what they have, what they don't have. Um, you know, if that person's better looking, people get intimidated. If that person's more successful, they get intimidated mm -hmm. and people do self do try to sabotage other people's achievements in, in life be it directly or indirectly mm. and that's what scares us both because the way we approach life and and we approached life in the past and we so nothing's really changed we want everyone to succeed mm. we want everyone to have a good life yeah we want everyone to really be happy yeah healthy and the, the scary thing is not a lot of people I, I can't say that a lot of people feel the same way no and it's weird because it feels like it all stems from from insecurities from people and it's scary that a person's insecurities could want them to want the other person in life to fail or do not as well mm. so that they could feel better about themselves because our, our mindset and mentality in life is if you want to be better if you want something from life then just go up and and you know get it mm. achieve it work hard for it mm. you know if you want to claim to be a nice person then just be a nice person if you want to mm. be a person who's athletic then just start exercising eat right mm. do what you have to do it's almost like a lot of people in life find it easier mm. or, or or they just i don't know how they're wired they're like you know what i don't want to do anything i don't want to achieve anything but it's easy if i just tear this person down right right so mm. that i myself can feel like i'm better Hmm. But I don't know where, where, where I, took, I took it away from. No, no, I mean, I, I, I think I see what, like, hmm. you're trying to say here. And um, I guess, like, this, the point of this was trying to say, like, essentially, we're also defining to you guys, like, who, who we are, right? And, and, like, in terms of our personalities, our personas, I was saying, basically, that, um, you know, like, we can, because we're so put together, um, and, again, that comes from our, like, a need to be perfectionist hmm. from our upbringing, we can be intimidating to 
other individuals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess your point there is like, um, you know, we don't intentionally go out to be intimidating to, to other individuals because we have an agenda and we want to like, you know, we're arrogant about it and we want to say, oh, I'm better than you. I'm doing better than you, blah, 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 right? Yeah. It's more along the lines of like, um, I actually, you know, am focused on myself and I'm trying to do well and I'm trying to like be this this person who at the same time is like almost it's living in the ego. It's like this construct of what our parents also conditioned us in terms of what the ideal individual is. Yeah. Um, but then you have this other element of society outside there, right? Who, like you're saying, doesn't want to put in the effort and the work to raise themselves, their standard, etc. And their game is basically, I'm going to kind of um, demean you or essentially um, like make you feel inferior so that I don't have to actually put in any effort yeah. and work to, to, better ma- to better myself. And I guess uh, because my brother and I were like, I would say we're empaths, empathetic individuals, mm-hmm. which means essentially it's like, we don't like to see other people getting harmed and we would never harm a person out of our own self-interest. And we'd always prefer the route of honesty, transparency, and just being a good humanitarian. Right. And so like for us, a big part of our lives actually, and this is probably going, going into a tangent and I guess this is just our style and our format, but a big, a big, like personally an issue. And I know you've, you've had this too, that something that we've struggled in, in our life is, living in a society which is personally i see as broken in the sense of a broken society with broken individuals who um there's just a lot of envy there's a lot of jealousy there's a lot of like um even even if it's at the like people deny it and it's at a surface level Mm. like it's there's 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 some aspect of society where it's just like i don't want to see you do to see you doing better than i'm doing like and for us it's like it's a huge uh, personal struggle to understand that it's like but why do you want harm like yeah. to see harm towards me or towards others you know it's like kind of that concept of the evil eye right when Arabic they call it hasad mm-hmm. which is like people who are envious and they just like they will essentially jinx your success because they just want to see you fail and I think for us like that's a huge concern and worry in life it's just like but why no. but why do you want people to be miserable and not happy why, why not have a collective community out there where everyone's happy where everyone is just working in each other's best interest so yeah like i i i mean i don't know what your thoughts are on this but um it is something that's definitely so, really triggered me especially over the yeah. last like several years mm-hmm. as society just seems to progressively just be headed towards more of that energy so I think everyone's kind of now picked up on like, we have a lot of these questions about like why people do certain things. Mm. We kind of, we're trying to look at the world from our perspective and trying mm. to understand like, well, I wouldn't do this. Why are people doing this? And so this kind of led us both down the track of independently, I think of mm. one another in, initially of trying to understand people's behaviors and why people do what they do and why they say what they say. Yeah. And for example, in my, in my case, my story is, so I started working full-time professionally in the year 2014. Mm. Um, that's when I've kind of got my first real job right. um, in finance. And I remember, you know, that's, that was me being exposed to the world, right? Yeah. 
um, you know, you're, you're, you're actually an adult, I was 23 at the time, yeah. you know, you're making some money, you feel independent and you're exposed to a number of different people, different personalities, different kind of views, different beliefs, different um, behaviors. Mm. It was all, it was all a lot to take in all at once. And maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't realize it at the time, but like I was being bombarded with so much stimulus and information mm. and my brain was just kind of trying to process it all. And I, I don't think a lot of people are the same way, but we'll get to that later. Mm. But so what happened was initially I was like, okay, so I've been, I'm meeting a lot of different people. I'm, mm. I'm kind of trying to understand who I am and where yeah. I fit in. Yeah. And I think you probably will go through the same thing when you, you know, you, cause we obviously started our careers at, at a similar point in time. Mm. And then I was so confused and I'm like, who am I and what do I believe and what do I stand for? Right. You know, you kind of get pushed along in, 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 in different places by people's personalities. Yeah. Um, and then there was a point where I kind of felt a bit um, inauthentic, confused. Mm. And m mind you, like, I've always been a very um, strong, at least I thought I had a very strong kind of sense of self. Right. Right. It's to the point where some people might think we're, we're arrogant. Um, and I was, yeah, I was so confused. I'm like, who am I at one point? I mm. remember. Like, when was this? This was probably at the age of 24, right? A year later into working. Mm. And again, having met all these people, done these, all these activities, who am I? Right. Um, why am I here? And to be fair at the point at that time, I didn't really enjoy my job that much. I felt like mm. I could be doing a lot more Yeah. and that people were underestimating my capabilities. And I was like, kind of confused why other people were getting promoted or mm. in the positions that they were in, not out of jealousy or spite, but I'm like, but it didn't seem like it made any sense given that their particular personalities didn't mm. really fit in well for that role. Mm. Or you, I would like, I'd be like to myself, but this person's a very quiet person mm. or in my view, an awkward person. Mm. How can, how did they even get past the interview round an mm. interview stage? Or how did someone notice this person and say, you know what? I really want you to be the head of this this particular role. Mm. Anyway, so then something interesting happened was they got like um, an external consultant, and then this external consultant came into the um, into the the office, and basically they made everyone do this test, right? Called the Myers Briggs personality test. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if ever, how many people are familiar with this, but the test basically what it does is it says most people on this planet, if not everyone can kind of be, they can kind of be boxed into it. One of 16 personalities. Mm. Um, and I, I know for a lot of people that they might find this confronting because no one really wants to be labeled, labeled. Yeah. And a lot of people actually dismiss it before they even make an effort to, to kind of go through with the process. Mm. So a lot of people at work kind of say, Oh yeah, whatever, you know, they don't take it too seriously. But for me, I, I was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. Like, can you really break? Down, can you really box people into one of 16 personalities? And I think it's interesting you raise that point because like that's something um, I think we both come to understand there's, there's a huge segment of society which is like not introspective and doesn't really want to understand themselves. Mm. And um, I guess like to Sam's point, like we've always been on this journey of like, we really want to understand um, our identity, who we are, what our values are. Um, especially in this world where it's very easy to just be a sheep and to fall in with the crowd, right? Yeah. That's not who we are. Like, um, so sometimes like, yeah, it's very interesting for us to be around people and individuals who can be dismissive about something like, for example, Myers-Briggs. 
um, because it's just like, well, this is an opportunity for you to understand some aspect of yourself. Like it may not necessarily be a hundred percent accurate, but you know, they might, it's, it's developed by psychologists, right? So these are learned individuals. So perhaps there's an aspect or an element where, you know, you could learn something about yourself. Like why not open yourself to that possibility? Why dismiss it? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is funny again, like how some people present themselves like very open-minded, very liberal, mm. you know, they're like, you know, I don't belong to a particular religion. I don't belong to a particular kind of, um, group. Um, you know, we're very, like very open, blah, blah, blah. But I actually don't think a lot of people, and maybe this is me casting judgment and I'm trying to be less judgmental, but I don't think a lot of people are actually quite open-minded in, in sense when it comes to introspecting and trying to identify and understand themselves a lot better. Um, a lot of people are scared to go mm. deep and it's so obvious. And then they get frustrated when you try to kind of go deep, um, because they themselves are, are running away from something. It seems or running away from themselves. Like from most, themselves. you can tell that most people yeah. like on that point, you know, individuals that generally want to like not go within and try to say, okay, like, who am I, you know, like, what are my values? What, like, what, how do I think, you know, what are my opinions on an issue? Mm. There's, there's generally, you can sense there's a sense of fear of like, um, maybe there's some aspect about me that I don't want to go in deep. Maybe there's some traumas, some wounds that if I go within that I will uncover. And if I shine a light on it, like it might be just so painful and overwhelming. And I think this comes back down also to everyone might have a certain, a different level of resilience innately within themselves. So like, I would say we're quite resilient individuals and, you know, we grew up with tough parents. So, you know, um, we had to like, why I say it's innately, it was also conditioned into us that, you know, it's, we, we have to just like not be afraid to, to, you know, to understand things, to understand people, to read situations, et cetera. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, I definitely agree. There's like a huge segment of society, which is just like very afraid to want to introspect mm. and introspection guys like whether you journal whether you you know you externalize your thoughts in a podcast or whatever have conversations with your friends like deep conversations right it will lead to growth because it's like you know when you're studying for something like and you're learning more about a particular topic you know like for example water you understand you know its components with hydrogen and oxygen what you start to like oh okay like i didn't know this and the different functions and uses and whatever you know like what it can be frozen or liquid so it's like you're, you're, you're becoming more familiar uh, with a certain topic and i just get the sense that like most um yeah most people are too afraid to really understand themselves for, for whatever yeah. reason yeah so what happened then was, okay, so I, they, they said, do this online test. So I did the online test and then I got my results and then it basically classified me as an ENFP. Hmm. So what does that mean? So basically there's four letterings, um, that you can kind of be cast into. Mine was first of all, E, which means I'm an extrovert. Um, it's not to say that I'm just an, a full-blown extrovert you I mean, you sit on the spectrum between an introvert and an extrovert mm. so if i didn't get an e and my, my dominant function was introversion then i would have received an i but my dominant function came out as extroversion mm. how, how on, on the spectrum of extroversion introversion how far are you so they it? said i'm about 70 percent extroverted right um so just for for the record guys i'm about i'm i sit on the fence so apparently i'm like i think i was in the like 
uh, early fifties of an extrovert. Mm. So I, I can personally switch easily between an extrovert and an introvert. Mm. So I'm, I'm probably more defined as an ambivert. Yeah. And then it came out with the next one, which is intuitive. So you're either a, your, your dominant function is sensing or um, intuition. Mm. And so my dominant function came as intuition. Um, and then the next one was, are you more of a thinker or are you a feeler? Mm. I, be, I was more of a feeler. Mm. And then what was your percentage on the, the feeling? The feeling was, it wasn't that high. Probably it was probably around the 50s mark. See, I can, I can yeah. tell, um, just listening to you in terms of also in conversation, trying to explain what the Myers-Briggs and, um, the different MBTI types, um, I could, I was sitting here and thinking to myself, like when you were explaining it, where E and an I, I'm like, you are more of a thinker than mm. I am. So I think I sit on around 70% uh, feeling mm. and then. I think so. 70% feeling and 30% thinking. So I'm definitely a lot less logical than, uh, my brother. So mm -hmm. I thought, I thought that's interesting because just listening to the way he's approaching this conversation is very much methodical and, and systematic. Mm. And then the final one was, um, are you judging or you're perceptive? The, judging doesn't mean like you're a judgmental person. Mm. It means you're like, you're a very organized person who has like, you know, task oriented. And task oriented and you're organized and you diarize everything and you're very kind of methodical and systematic or you're the, the other one was your perceptive, right? Mm. You kind of see the big picture in life. You can see how things are connected. More so live in the moment, impulsive. Like impulsive. you don't need to plan things ahead of time. You can just be like on the go, you know what I mean? Yeah, Let's go out very adaptable, mm, very adaptable. Yeah. Yeah. And so ultimately he said, you are an ENFP and then it gives you like a few pages that you can read about, you know, um, your communication style, you know, uh, what, what you're like in terms of how other people perceive you, um, education wise, work wise, um, relationship wise. And as I read through it, I was like, this, this is me, and this is me, and this is me, and this is me. And I'm like, this is, it's almost like someone literally opened up a book and, and had been watching my entire life and said, this is who you are. This is why you do what you do. This is why you behave the way you behave. And, and the funny thing is a lot of people who are quite dismissive who don't, who never really went into it deep enough. And I find the same, this, they do the same thing with astrology and we'll get to that later. Cause I know it's, it's a topic that's quite, it's a very sensitive, sensitive topic. topic and very like, a lot of like oh, esoteric, but, um, if we focus for a second, um, a lot of people were quite dismissive when they got their results straight away before they even like delved any further. And they were just casting it off as like, this is very broad based. It's very kind of general. Of course it'll apply to anyone. Right. And then I started, I was, I, so I, I said to them, I'm like, all right, can I, can I read your profiles? Mm. But it did fit their, their, who they, I mean, the way they came across to me. Yeah. And every single person in, in some capacity was different based mm. on that personality profile. Mm. And yet they were so adamant that, this, this, this was very general and could capture anyone. Yeah. And I found it to be so ridiculous because you can't say to someone who is, who is more extroverted, actually, you know, this could apply to an introvert or someone who's more intuitive, intuitive being, for example, you're more profound kind of big picture. You ask a lot of why questions, mm -hmm. you know, you don't really care about things in front of you. You'd always think what if, mm -hmm. um, and then you're telling me a person who's more sensory is the same as a person who's intuitive. They're not like, I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't really like sports that much. I don't really like talking about the weather. I don't like talking about things in front of me. I like talking about possibilities, mm. ideas, concepts. And so for anyone to say like, actually we can all, we all are the same thing. And this test is just one of those kind of wacky, 
um, personality profile test mm. that someone's just come up with because they're trying to be famous right. or like they're trying to, you know, establish themselves as some psychologist mm. or psychoanalyst, whatever, whatever, mm. whatever it is. And I was like, so it sparked something inside of me. Mm. And I don't know if that's what happened with you when you, cause I know you had this, uh, you came across the Myers-Briggs personality test separately to me. Yeah. So I was, um, I started off as a consultant and one of like the things in consulting is you have a lot of type A personalities and very like, um, type A personalities, but also like in the, in the world of consulting, like they try to attract people of different, uh, personas because, um, you don't want just to have the same individual, um, on a project because the idea is to have a number of people who think differently so that they can offer different solutions, mm. um, in terms of addressing certain business problems. Right. So they made us do the Myers-Briggs test because they wanted to make sure that when they put us on an engagement or in terms of the team that they've, they've, they've created is, um, you know, it's, it's full of people of different ways of thinking and approaching, approaching, uh, problems. So I was made to do the test and then they made us basically put it on our, like, our, you know, the messaging platform, like the, the internal messaging platform. So what is your personality type? And the interesting thing is like, I actually started off not as an ENFP. I was in, from what I remember, I think I was an ENTJ when I, when I first started in the working world, which is, yeah, I was a lot more logical. Um, and I, then I became, so I went from an ENTJ to an ENFJ. So I shifted somehow within my two years in Canberra from a thinker to a feeler, which is very interesting because that meant means when we were younger, we were probably a lot more logical oriented, mm. logically oriented. Um, and then I went from, so an ENTJ to an ENFJ to an ENFP. So the J again, guys meant that I was more about like schedules and tasks and organized to so a person who became a lot more impulsive, um, go with the flow, changeable and adaptable. Um, and I, I would say maybe that's part of it is the environment that I was in consulting. You need to be very adaptable, very change, like change oriented. Um, and then in terms of thinking and feeling, I think is probably more to do with a lot of self growth where being alone for two years in, in a location, I just started to ask maybe a lot of questions about like myself and my identity. And, um, I think maybe like just, yeah, being more in my feels in terms of like, I wasn't really, um, happy also, like you said, when you graduated and first job, like there was a lot of like, for me, um, feeling of uneasiness. It's like, is this, is this my life? Is this it? Is this it? Like, this is what I've been working towards for the last five years in terms of my studies, like found myself around the people that I didn't resonate with the work that didn't really, re I didn't re really resonate with. So there was just a lot of like deep, deep introspection and like, I think feelings. And I, I think that forced me into, um, really tapping into that side. So that's why I'm saying it forced me to tap into that side of maybe becoming a feeler. Mm. So that, not to, this test shouldn't basically say, or be indicative that this is who you are as an individual, mm. as individuals, we're very adaptable and we can change our nature you know, because it's about survival. Like I, I don't think, I think it goes against human survival to not to be of a very fixed. Um, yeah. But it's not to say, it's not to say that the, I'm like, okay, this is who I am. So when I got the result, I was like, this is interesting. Like, how could they know 
all of this information about me? Or how can I be so readable as, mm. a, as a human being? And for the first time in my life, I'm not going to lie. I felt like I was seen. And Why would you lie? <laughs> well, a lot of people, yeah, that's a good point. But as yeah. in like, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I, I felt seen and understood. Mm. And this test did, did manage to kind of say, we know what you're like yeah. and how you kind of think. Mm. And the truth is that is who I am, at mm. least at that time. And that is how I thought at the time. Yeah. And it, it, it seemed to capture it really well. Um, so then, so then we, you know, I went back home, you know, as like, it'd be interesting to find out what my family is like and all mm. that. And then it turns out that my siblings, including my brother had all done this personality test. And then it, it kind of started something, right? So what it started was deep down, there was always this question of like trying to understand people and why they do things and all that. And I, for the first time had this kind of revelation and this mm. secret, right? Code, this way of uncovering and unraveling people. And then my parents, my mom did it, my dad did it. I'm like, but now I understood why they do the way, what, the, why they do what they do, why they they say things the way they say mm. them. A lot of misunderstanding and miscommunication in life is because a lot of the time people are trying to say this the same thing or kind of express mm. themselves in, in in the same way. Sorry, express the same things but in different ways. Yeah, it all just comes out so different, and so we all kind of misunderstand each other. Um, quite easily mm. and so so i actually started to understand my parents a little bit more mm. i was like ah but that's why they are the way they are and that's why we kind of you know in a way clash or don't really see eye to eye yeah so if, for example you know my dad i believe he is an estj mm -hmm. so the main difference is his i would say his sensing function mm -hmm. so you know being an intuitive. Although he doesn't like watching sports. He doesn't like watching stuff. sports, but it's not, it's not saying say, okay, if you're a sensor, you only like to watch sports. Sensors, they basically navigate the world based on their kind of five senses, mm. right? What they see, what they hear, what they, you know, feel. Uh, I'm not saying they're not deep thinkers because again, everyone sits on the spectrum. But it's they not, live in this 3D realm. The 3D realm. And yeah. then I think my brother mentioned something interesting not that long ago. And he said to me, the reason why we also kind of struggled in life and trying to struggle in, in a way, like you feel like you're not being your authentic self and you're kind of trying to fit into society mm. is that 80% of the world is senses. This world is built by senses and it's for senses. That's the truth. There's a lot of intuitives out there mm. that don't know they're intuitives mm. that are struggling to kind of, yeah. And that we feel like outsiders and misfits and, um, almost very different to like you're putting on like a mask sometimes you're like okay this is the mask that mm. i have to put on to kind of engage with these people imposter syndrome yeah so yeah. they say it's actually a lot easier for um an intuitive to adapt themselves to a sensor but vice versa doesn't it's actually a lot out. more difficult for a sensor doesn't know how to adapt themselves to the language and the framework of an intuitive like for example as an intuitive we could we, we can approach um, this world and say, okay, like if this person wants to have a conversation about the weather, I can engage in that conversation or about sports or whatever. But, um, internally it, it actually feels, um, unsatisfying to have that conversation because you're just like, well, there's not real, there's not a lot of value in that conversation for me. Like what, what am I really learning here? Not much, right? These are just like, <coughs> just what's in front of me facts. Oh yeah. This person, like, you know, this 
uh, let's not use sports as an example. It could, it could like, simply be like, it is sunny today. And we're yeah. just like, yeah, it is sunny today. But like, what about why, it? Why like, stating the obvious? Like, yeah. Like I, I can see that it's everyone sunny. Everyone can see that it's sunny or like it's raining. Like people feeling compelled to say it's raining outside, but as an intuitive, you're like, of course it's raining. They yeah. see the senses. They don't, they see the world very differently again, because they see it through their senses and they feel the need. And I think that the association, association for a sense is it is raining. Um, I can't go out with my friends or I can't mm. participate in sport activities or I can't do whatever. Therefore I'm sad. Mm. Like, I think there's, there's this like linearity in terms of the way they think. Very kind of linear. Whereas as an intuitive, the way we think it's like, oh wow, it's, it's raining. And then we like, we go into this introspective mode where it's like the rain actually provides this sense of comfort and relief and uh, um, calmness. And we just think like, um, at least when I start associating it with like even some, to some degree memories, you memories, know, childhood memories, or you feel like actually, you know what? Um, this is a great opportunity for me to kind of just like sit and just like unwind and mm. rest. There's no, there's no, there's nothing to it. It's there's not no like, association with the rain. Like we don't tap into like, the, let's say past memories like the last time it rained which is what senses might do it's mm. like you know i got my feet wet yeah and my socks were wet and that was an uncomfortable experience or it flooded or yeah or something like that whereas i think we could just appreciate the rain for what yeah. it is and, and just allows you to sit there and ponder and think there's yeah. nothing to it it's just like yeah it, yeah it is raining but i never feel compelled to basically if it starts to rain go around to people and start telling them it's raining because mm. you would think it's obvious to everyone that it's raining. Yeah. Or if it's hot, I should wear shorts. It's just sometimes you're just like, as an intuitive, like, yeah, it's hot. I probably should be wearing shorts. That's right. And but you're just so distracted. You just don't think about it in that way, in that perspective. But the main difference is like, say for example, it's summer, you know, people naturally go, okay, it's summertime. It's hot. Therefore you should just wear shorts. Mm. But see, as intuitives, we're like, I'm not going to just wear shorts or summer or a shirt just because it's summer. Mm. If I feel, if like, I feel like it, yeah. If yeah. I feel like it, or if I feel a bit cold, or like, say, for example, you're like, you know what? I really like this outfit, mm. you know. Or I'm trying to convey like a particular persona, yeah. or an image, or this is I'm trying to represent my personality. So as intuitives, that's how we think. Whereas senses are like, well, why would you wear pants when it's summertime? <laughs> they don't, they don't see like you can wear pants when it's summer. For or for say, for example, um, you could work in the corporate world, mm. and their view is. But you know you're supposed to wear a suit because you're in the corporate world. Yeah. Whereas as an intuitive, you're like, but what value does a suit bring to your job? Mm. You know, I know some people in sales and like it's all a matter of perception and all of that stuff. But as an intuitive, we do question a lot of things. We're like, you know what? I don't necessarily have to wear a suit. Yeah. I can dress in a in a way that looks very smart, casual, mm. formal, or in some capacity, and it's fine. Like we're not very kind of linear or black and white yeah we definitely approach the world very differently like i i have friends who is like we have lots of friends actually with senses and like we said 80 percent of the world are senses but like i have a friend that you know just because you're a lawyer or just because you're a pharmacist or just because you're a doctor or just mm -hmm. because you're a whatever like they seem to define themselves yeah but their association is so you're a lawyer you're giving me this legal expert opinion therefore i trust this legal expert opinion because you're a lawyer mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's just like, I'm going to operate on that, on that framework. Whereas as an intuitive, we approach it's like, okay, I know you're a lawyer, but you might not be a good lawyer. You know what I mean? You might not be like, you might not be a very well educated lawyer. You might have just been, you know, might've went to like, maybe just the, the basic level in terms of like your academics, just to get like passed through just the course. Yeah. So like, we just, we don't, we don't take people at face value just because there's a label there. Right. 
we work on our intuition. Well, what is our intuition saying? You know, the way this lawyer is speaking to us, like, is he reliable? Is he trustworthy? Does he seem learned? Does he seem educated? Does he seem like he, you know, he's an expert? So like we're, we're actually using our intuition. Our, like our, it's not really even a gut feeling. It's more like it could be a gut feeling. See, it's, I, I, it's like, how do you define intuition? That's, that's another topic. It is another topic, but no. I don't like the idea of a gut feeling because sometimes with gut feelings, your body can trick you, right? Because if you're in a state of survival, anxiety, whatever, sometimes that fear and anxiety that you're feeling, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Those alarms, bells and systems that's going on. It's not necessarily um, your intuition. Your intuition, guys, is when you're in a state of calm, like internal balance and calmness, and then you feel like something is off, like that's your, that's true intuition. Whereas like sometimes you might have just anxiety because you know, like you've been triggered by something and you're like, there's a past memory and you're associating that person with something, you know what I mean? That's not intuition. That's just like a, that's a trauma response. You know, you're getting triggered and you're just reliving that experience, your, your nervous system. I just yeah. wanted to clarify that. So as intuitives though, like, yeah, we just don't take people as a face value. So sometimes like I'll go to the doctor and I think to myself, just because you have the title of a doctor does not necessarily mean you're a good doctor. I mean, there are a lot of doctors out there, and we've seen a lot of media coverage, you know, who are just basically either, you know, um, like they're just because, you know, like it's a ball paying profession. Yeah. They're there to like, um, it's, you know, it's maybe perhaps egotistical. Like there is no real passionate um, drive to really understand their profession well. It's just like, I'm just a doctor. I have this title, whatever, you know. So, and we all know good doctors and bad doctors, right? So not all doctors are the same. So as an intuitive, yeah, we just operate on the framework of just because you're a doctor doesn't mean anything. Just because you're a lawyer doesn't mean anything. Let me, let me go, let me also give you a recent example. And, and I want to, first of all, um, preface it by saying, Kevin, my friend, I love you. You're a sensor, everything. I mean, you're a great person. There's yeah. nothing personal. The other day, so we went out to, um, Lakimba for the Ramadan night markets. And we're like, okay, let's go check it out. Now, this is how you can tell the difference between an intuitive and a sensor. So my friend, Kevin, he actually wore the surgical face mask for, you know, coronavirus that everyone kind of wears to the, um, to the night market. The funny thing is in Australia, currently there isn't any real need right now. It's not to wear a face mask. It's not compulsory. Fair enough. Coronavirus is spreading like mm. wildfire. It seems like a, it's kind of just accepted that, you know, it's almost inevitable that you're going to get COVID. Yeah. But see a lot of sensors, including my dear friend, Kevin, right? I'm not, I'm not sure if you picked it up. I, did, I noticed. Yeah. Um, he's such a sense in sense, like there will be a lot of people mm. because there's a lot of people and people are so closely confined to each other. There's a high probability of getting COVID or contracting something. Whereas the way I was thinking about it as an intuitive, I'm like, you know what? Um, we're out and about now kind of most days normally you know mm. you're engaging with different people you're touching things you know you're people moving around um and you know there will be a lot of people that you may get coronavirus from that event you may not get coronavirus from that event it doesn't really make any difference because it's like society has kind of gone back to let's just say what what is considered to be normal mm. and for me, I couldn't understand in the back of my mind why he would think that this one particular event mm. or this one particular kind of um, circumstance would put him at a greater risk of getting COVID, even though he does go into the office um, for, for his job, even though he does probably catch public transport, even though mm. his family's out and about, you know, yeah. and, and they, they, they're, they're kind of mingling and, and moving around. And um, I just didn't understand 
why but see the senses see it's very kind of but the, at the same time there were two other senses with us that who, day who didn't wear it who didn't wear the mask so I guess it also doesn't necessarily mean just because you're a sensor. But he could be more. It's true. But he he might actually be more in the spectrum of a sensor. That's true because when we discuss astrology, um, he's, he's there's a violent rejection, <laughs> rejection of it. Yeah. Um, and before we get into that, like, okay, so what, where 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 did we leave off? Okay, so we said, um, so we started getting our parents to you know to do it, and you're like, okay, this makes sense, and you get your colleagues, you get your mm. friends. And now all of a sudden things are sort of slowly starting to make sense. You're like, ah, I'm, now that makes sense why they talk the way they talk right? or why they do what they do. And, and everything seemed to be a little bit clearer, mm. at least to me, right? at least for me, sorry. See, things seemed a little bit clearer. And beyond that, we're like, okay, so that's one way of kind, kind of trying to understand people. Mm. And why did this resonate so deeply? And I would say more violently, like, than other people who did mm. do the test is mm. again going back to our childhood yeah you the person wants like at least at least i thought we were misunderstood or i didn't understand people and mm. there was an element of um i wouldn't say like our childhood was good but you didn't feel necessarily there was um stability no you know yeah and when i say stability i'm like okay you thinking about think about this right you've got our parents migrants you know they're coming from overseas um, their whole lives have kind of been up. Their, their lives yeah, have been uprooted. Yeah, they war. You know, this is trauma. Yeah, war, trauma. I mean, this country is is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Australia is a great country, but still, they're in a state of survival, yeah. basically. Yeah, state of survival. Different language, different people. I mean, they could speak English, uh, but everything's new and everything's different, and they don't really have anyone. So, our life there was a lot of. I felt like there wasn't that element of stability because if our parents, if their relationship fell apart, mm-hmm. you know, where do we go? What yeah. happens to us, right? If when my, our parents would have a disagreement or an argument, mm. maybe for other people who had family or grandparents, or grandparents or something, yeah. they could feel safe knowing that, you know, people have fights and, you know, sometimes it gets out of hand, mm. but eventually there's, I mean, I mean, hopefully people come back. But there's always that kind of fallback. You know, my grandparents will be there. There's you know, someone to be my aunt, my uncle, someone, right? Yeah. But well, we didn't have that. So if that if our parents got into an argument, you would yeah, it's you go into this nihilistic perspective. Nihilistic. So straight away you would start catastrophizing as a child. Mm. You, you know, you're like, and you would get, forgive my language, if I I'm like shit scared. Mm. You're like, this could mean the disintegration of the entire family. Yeah. And it could be such a minute mundane argument mm. so pointless so silly but that would cause such fear yeah and you know let's let's all be real here for a second you know when people argue um particularly if people in relationships i mean a lot of us have been in relationships or are in relationships and you know no one wants to fight dirty no one wants to argue dirty but ego comes in mm. people's insecurities come in you know um people who don't feel necessarily hurt whatever things normally escalate out of out of control more than they should and that so my parents relationship wasn't any different fortunately it wasn't anything like like you know terrible but in our in, in the mind in the eyes of a child yeah i mean the way i would describe it is like the family dynamic was um you know we had a single income earner um who our father that is and he was you know very worried about losing his job and 
A lot um, of people relied on him, both his people, family here and overseas. Yeah, and so like the man is in a state of survival, right? And so he's in being in a state of survival. He's being very, he's he's living in a state of reactivity or reaction, right? So he can't just sit there calmly and process his emotions. He's just always reacting to events, um, and so that creates a very unsafe environment for his kids and even for like those around him, right? And likewise, um, you know, from our mother's side of things, it's just like you know she's. Is an environment where she doesn't have the support of her family or people or her sisters or anything. She's all alone and she's not working. She's raising, you know, three kids, two of them, are, you know, are twins. Um, and, you know, she, 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 she didn't know how to speak the language. So she's also in a state of survival, right? And she's panicking. And so it's, you've got two parents who are essentially just reacting to each other, reacting to their environment. And, um, you know, their kids, as kids, what you need is stability, right? Like to feel, you want a sense of safety and security. And as children, the honest truth is we didn't get that. Like, you know, we always were worried that like when our parents got into an argument, you know, and it could it's be, like, that's it. It's, that's it. It's like, yeah. That it's, and then what happened was mm-hmm. we would take on the, as, as children, when this, and I'm sure the psychologists out yeah. there will be like, this is a bit nuts. But you would take on I the role. I think it's nuts. Not nuts, but as in like, it's like, okay, no I child. I think it's a very common thing. More. It's very common. Yeah. No one's saying it's not common. You're right. But as in like, to be fair, that's right. A lot of children end up trying to mediate for their parents, but you're a child, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to mediate, you're trying to kind of alleviate any, any tension, you know. I think it goes, it goes either one of two ways. So like either you step into the role of, a, of your parent Mm-hmm. right and as as sam was saying so you become a mediator or you take on the role of responsibility of like a mature individual so you're forced to grow years above your age you know in, intellectually emotionally etc or the other um end of the spectrum is you know people might necessarily just they might just shut down disassociate you know when those circumstances happen just like go into a state of fight or flight right which is they they just they just panic um and they just like, I, my parents are fighting. I don't know what to do. The world is ending. And they just like close up and they just become very nervous, you know, traumatized individuals. Yeah. Whereas our, I think um, you and I specifically, because we have a sister, but like, I think with Sam and I, what our approach relationship coping strategy was to like, okay, we're going to step into the, into the role of fixers, fixers, mediators, parents, essentially. Mm. And yeah, so, that, so without going into too much detail, you know, that probably prompted us to kind of like, because it, it created a sense of confusion as a child, like, you know, why is this happening? Why are people behaving this way? Mm. You know, why don't people kind of just let things slide or, or yeah. like there's a different way of going about it. And this is as, as children, right? And I can mm. understand why people are this way, mm. right? No one's born like this. People's insecurities come from somewhere. Their egos come from somewhere. Mm. Um, you know, when you're born, you're born with a clean slate. This is all learned behavior and they could have learned it from their parents. You know, they might not feel safe themselves. They might have their own issues, concerns, fears, anxiety. That all makes sense. But at the end of the day, okay, so we're children, right? You, you're going through this. There's a lack of like certainty and stability in your life. Mm. Certainty being a key word right? yeah. I think yeah. for, for, for the both of us. Mm. Um, so when you have that lack of certainty, cause you just want to know, like, you know what, you wake up this morning and you're like, mm. I'm just going to go to school and you know, everything's going to be fine. And come back from school. There's going to mm. be food on the table and you know, and that you're going to have basically guys, unconditional love, like yeah. no matter what happens, you know, like you're safe because you're, you still have the love and affection and the presence of your parents. Right. But like, um, 
in most circumstances. And I think there's a large aspect of society or segment of society that probably had these experiences, especially, you know, people who come, who've had a background where it's like, you know, your parents are immigrants, etc. where it's like, um, we didn't have that level of stability and certainty, as you were saying. And so what that, what then happens is like, you're always trying to read your environment because you're yeah. feeling unsafe. You become hyper-attuned. Very hyper-attuned or hyper-vigilant. Hyper-vigilant. Um, right. So it's like, you, you, you develop this mindset is where like, I have to monitor what's the person in front of me, essentially. Like I have to read every twitch of their eye muscle, every, you know, change in the tonality of their voice. Like you're constantly reading your environment, reading the, the room, reading the person. Tune in your frequency in terms of your, your emotions into their emotions. Yeah. Because you're trying to say, like, I need to stay safe. I need to understand how this person is feeling so that I don't trigger them to react in a certain way, which is going to make me feel unsafe, exactly. right? Because they'll raise their voice. They might, you know, like yell or whatever. And you're just like, I don't want that because your nervous system has already told you that feels uncomfortable, that feels unsafe. And so that's kind of brings it back into the Myers-Briggs. It's like people, people, personalities like my brother and I, it's like, because you feel like you had to try to understand other people out of a sense of like a lack of certainty, safety, etc. Um, you start to think, okay, I need like these tools, these Myers-Briggs, this astrology, because I need a way, and it's a survival, it's a trauma response, essentially, mm. to understand people in my environment so that I can operate within it, right? And so um, that that was our essentially like our, our coping strategy. And it, it kind of yeah. just seems like it's just carried forward into Because I would say, see, I would say as children, again, like we were very hyper-vigilant, hyper-attuned, we were very good, even to this day, at reading people, right? So we, you like, we, we monitor everything. It's almost like a com- supercomputer where, you like, you, mm. every twitch, every kind of flailing of the nostrils, you know, the tonality of the person's voice, how they changed. stepped in, how they walked. Yeah, and a lot of you who, who are quite familiar with trauma would say, "Yeah, that's a definitely a trauma response, right?" You're basically becoming hyper-attuned to your environment, to the people around you, to the mm. people that might necessarily make you feel unsafe, not physically or anything like that. Yeah. You just feel like. As a child, again, you need that kind of certainty and stability. But yeah. if you don't have it, you come up, your you, your your body naturally adapts in different ways, and and one of them is becoming hyper attuned to your environment as a trauma response. And like the honest truth is, guys, and like the, the, yeah, and the divorce rate is like one in two, which is means like fifty percent of society, right? So like, which goes to indicate like family dynamics and relationships are not as um, I mean, not to say that our parents are divorced or anything, but we're just saying like. A if, lot of people don't. If fifty percent of society does get divorced, and then there's the other fifty percent, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're they're existing in this family dynamic where everything successful. is is honey and milk and roses, right? It means that you know there there are elements also there where, especially because there's also cultural elements. It's like you know you try to make the relationship work because you know you don't want to lose face in terms of culturally and society, etc. Which doesn't necessarily mean it's the healthiest relationship either. Not to say that getting divorced is the right outcome essentially right but um like my i think the point i was trying to make here is um yeah like this 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 response this like trauma i think is actually a lot more universal than we would like to think or admit yeah a lot of people don't realize what kind of trauma response they have or don't necessarily um, go back into their childhood and trying to understand why they kind of... A lot of people don't even remember their childhood. Their childhood they've suppressed, repressed yeah. a lot of those 
those thoughts and those what's what's happened yeah, yeah. you know and so for, for 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 us at least or for, my, for myself so i'm going back in time and i'm like okay so as a child you know very happy routine blah, blah blah and then as an adult i'm still kind of this way but as an adult and this is again a trauma response i'm a people pleaser you know, you're trying to make sure that you, you're, you're, you're engaged with everyone around you. Mm. People are like, oh, you're super friendly. You're in this, what goes back to what we were saying earlier when my brother was like, oh, you're the friendlier twin. Maybe not necessarily. Maybe I was more in a kind of a trauma response mm. and being very people pleasing where you don't really say no, right? You're like, I can do this dad. I can do this mom. Yeah. I can do this coworker. You know, I can take on more responsibility, even though you know yourself deep down inside a breaking or like, you're like, I can't, I'm, a bit, I'm, just, I'm quite stressed out. Yeah. But you're not really expressing or verbalizing yourself because you're like, I need to make everyone happy. I need everyone to like me because if everything's going well, everything is safe. Yeah, I feel safe. I'm, and, I'm safe. And, and then yeah. that's definitely like, it comes back to that, the way you were raised in terms of your upbringing, which is, um, like if I can adjust myself to, to, to everyone's moods and feelings and whatever and control, like, you know, how they're feeling or regulate, basically you start to regulate your, yourself to them um, because they're unstable, right? Um, yeah, you, you essentially lose yourself and your, 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 um, your boundaries. And as you said, you become a people, parent pleaser to start with, which yeah. basically then transcends into becoming a people pleaser, people right? Pleaser. Because... Your, your, your body, your nervous system is saying like, you need to stay safe. You need to like, you don't, you don't want a person to raise their voice. You don't want a person to get angry. You don't want a person to be upset with you. Right. Um, so like, this is, yeah, this is the, this is essentially, um, the danger in terms of, um, I guess a lot of parents don't realize what happens when you provide a very unstable or uncertain such unsafe environment. And we don't, we're not saying it has to be on the extreme end of things where there's, it's a violent or there's physical abuse, whatever, but Every child needs um, to have that sense of unconditional love. Parents who are emotionally available also, right? So that we don't have to play these mind games of guessing what, you know, how they're thinking, how they're going to react, etc. right? Um, and then, yeah, like, and then this would essentially, like, negate the need for people to essentially invest in tools like the Myers-Briggs, the personality types to understand their you know, their parents and the people they're interacting with or even astrology or whatever, right? In a, in, a, in a perfect world, that would be great. But realistically, you know, things happen to people, you know, their experiences, their upbringing, the mm. culture, the religion, um, and, and it, like it shapes and molds people and, and it shapes and molds, it seems like, into one of 16 personalities. Mm. So, so, so what, why did, why did I resonate so strongly with the Myers-Briggs? Mm. Again, for that simple reason, I was, I used to be hyper attuned without realizing it. And then, and then for once in my life, I was like, okay, so now I, I want to understand people. This, this is giving me the tools to understand people better. And I just want to say my whole life, I'm trying mm. to tune myself to everyone. And it's a very draining, yeah. um, it's, it's very taxing. It's, it's incredibly like draining on a person's emotional and physical well-being to mm -hmm. like be hyper vigilant hyper attuned like i think we're, we're starting to realize it more um as adults but mm -hmm. like there is just like because your brain is just as you were saying earlier it's like a supercomputer it's just constantly on and it's just wearing away and it's like literally it's flooding it's um the brain with or like stimuli, stimuli right because yeah. you're trying to read your room your environment your situation and it's just like it's it's one of the most exhausting ways to live it's it's a very survival esque 
mindset mm. and like this for, for like i have no doubt guys like for a certainty like this is what causes a lot of health issues in individuals so in terms of like insomnia autoimmune issues IBS. because i irritable bowel syndrome because yeah. your body is so stressed and it's just diverting so much resources right so if something has to give like you know your body starts shutting down its immune system or whatever yeah. because you're just in the state of survival right and like but society wants to tell you you know it's just because you're burnt out at work or you know like um you know maybe you should just take it a bit you're easy. not eating right you're not eating right yeah there's, there's, maybe take these supplements yeah. you know but it's just like that's that's not the reason like the you have to understand like what is the root cause right it's generally like at least this is the conclusion i've come to now which is like most of the health issues you know yeah most of the health issues that most people encounter these days is linked to trauma you know whether you're overweight whether you're anorexic whether you're skin problems skin problems acne blah blah you can say it's hormonal you can say this but honestly it's rooted in trauma and this this is why why it's so interesting for us to kind of understand who we are why we are why we do um again so going back right so parents did it and then but it wasn't enough even then we like we went deeper into it and deeper into like what kind of um why why is in the mbti mbti right like why are certain people like say say for example myself why am i an enfp mm. what made me an enfp mm. why is my wife an intj mm. you know why is my sister an infj mm. you know, why how did we become the way we how are? did we become the way that yeah the way that we are mm. why are some people more extroverted why are some people i mean my my theory on that yeah. is that all of those aspects whether you're an introvert extrovert intuitive sensor etc it's um coping strategies mm. right to your environment whether it's your family or external but it's just it's, it's it's actually a coping strategy so i became an introvert because i wasn't allowed to have my voice heard because if i did speak my opinion i would be dismissed shut down made to feel yeah. whatever so it was safer for me to be an introvert than to be an extrovert because to verbalize my opinion yeah. would put would get me in trouble and yeah. put me at, at risk. There are people right? I know that have had that experience, yeah. And then on, on that are introverts, it, right? And so, like yeah. on the on the same, um, just going along with that thought, in terms of an intuitive or a sensor, mm. right? Like you become an intuitive because you're just like I need to read my environment. I need yeah. to monitor. Like I need to rely on my intuition to understand how this person is behaving because this person, uh, in my experience is it, like, I can't operate on logic because they don't operate on logic. You know what I mean? They just very reactive, very reactionary. So I can't use logic to make an assessment of, um, you know, how they're going to behave. Right. Because most times when you're operating from the engine of emotion, it's an irrational, um, way of operating. Right. So you can't use logic like you can't say oh this person like i'm going to determine whether they're going to come home angry or <clears throat> upset or sad yeah there's nothing really like sometimes visibly you can't see it on a person that's you know from their face so then you start to having to rely on this sixth sense of intuition it's just like all right what what clues what kind of vibe and energy can i pick up from this individual so that i can read them in order to stay safe um 
And that's it, why people become intuitive, as you're saying. Exactly. That's right. So, like, maybe with senses, they they didn't have to develop this deeper. So maybe it was more obvious in terms of this person's angry, therefore they yeah, yell. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's right. This person has a bad day at work. This is what they do. This is a consequence. But intuitive, so they probably had a greater degree of ambiguity. There's a lot more ambiguity. So you're trying to pick on even finer details. And well, like, you're relying on essentially on, on, on another sense, which is yeah. not highly developed or used by a lot of people to kind of figure mm. things out because so maybe the intuitives developed as, as, as children because they couldn't rely on just like we said the five senses mm. um so that they had to rely on something else because it wasn't giving them enough feedback to, yeah to attune themselves yeah in a way where they could regulate their behavior and their mannerisms there was to, just a lot more yeah, unexpected behavior it was just didn't really add up mm. yeah yeah again yeah that's right things weren't necessarily making sense yeah um and to be fair maybe 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 it's something that's more also deeper like it maybe people are more some people are wired to be more intuitive i don't i don't believe that um, to be maybe honest not. i don't think it's wiring i, I i've come to i like my my theory is that it's just a kind of a, a, these are all coping strategies yeah. to deal with your environment yeah. i don't think anyone like you said everyone's born with a clean slate no one's born if, more intuitive if or, everyone knew that two plus two equals four then you wouldn't have to come up with some if, if two plus yeah. two all of a sudden equal five yeah. Then you'd have to develop some other kind of um I didn't have to guess means yeah. to understand why two plus two equals five when it should have been four. And so two you, plus two equals four. <laughs> yeah, so two plus two equals four. Yeah. Because yeah. you go into this kind of state of shock, like wait, this isn't making sense. Yeah. You know, senses will be like that this is what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Even if at least you could say to yourself, if you know that someone is I, I personally think like in the face the case of our parents, like because they grew up in a war, right? And when you grow up in war, like you're in this always reactive state. So like everything's unexpected. You could have PTSD as well. Yeah. So like we grew up with parents, like it's just, you couldn't really read their reactions. Or exp- like it was just not very linear. Yeah. Right. Or consistent. Yeah. So like they, they, it was sometimes just disproportionate. And then, and then your, your survival system, right? Your nervous system, your, is it your, your sim- parasympathetic or is mm. parasympathetic that calms you down? Um, but essentially your, your, like your, your body, your brain is just like, this is not adding up. This doesn't make sense. Like, like, I don't know why there's such a disproportionate response. Like I'm going to need you to tap into your intuition here because it's just not adding up. What's in front of me is not adding up. Mm. And I guess in just the majority of like the rest of society, because not like not most of society doesn't, hasn't experienced war, hasn't experienced, you know, a lot of those traumas, you know, people are able to read perhaps their parents a lot more easily, you know, like, my dad is hungry. Yeah. He hasn't had food. Or they're very expressive about their feelings. Or they're very expressive about their like, feelings. You know, yeah. Timmy, don't do this because it makes me upset. Yeah. Right. Or I've had a bad day at work. Or my know. dad drinks and then this happens. Or yeah. um, like something along those lines. Right. Whereas I guess the people. people so I, I see what you're saying. It's like if, if people don't know how to clearly express their emotions or they kind of internalize it. It's, or it's not very easy to read. Easy to read. Or it's not very consistent, right? Or, very consistent, or like overblown. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or disproportionate. Like disproportionate yeah. to, to or let's say for example, not that this happened in our case, let's say your parent comes back from, from work. Mm. You don't know that they've had a bad day. You don't know that they might feel insecure because they're like, oh, their job's on the line. Their job's yeah. on the line or they don't feel competent or they feel like they're yeah. imposters. They come home, right? And maybe their kids want to play with them or mm. something or their wife just wants to kind of spend time with them. Mm. And then they, the wife could simply be like, hey, you know, let's sit down and talk. Yeah. And that could literally just set them off. And you're just like, whoa. And, and they really go off. And then yeah. it's like, what the hell is happening? Or Like this doesn't make any sense. Any sense. All, all that was said was... But when people don't also clearly express themselves, mm. 
And when I say clear expressing themselves, I don't mean it's one thing to just talk. Mm. It's another thing to be honest mm. about how you're feeling, why you're feeling this way. And most people, let's be, let's be realistic, aren't going to say, you know what, especially to their wives or, or their partners, Lena, I really feel incompetent in the off yeah. I feel like I'm going to lose my job. Yeah. You know, people's egos come in, in, into play and they're like, mm. well, this woman can leave me if I don't show her that I'm a strong guy and, yeah. and you know, I'm an important guy. And people, mm. of course, they need me at work. You know, they can't live without me. Mm. People hide behind the, these these kind of walls that they've built up. Which isn't a healthy way of approaching no. things because essentially what happens is you start to raise children who are, who are really They're traumatized. And it's dark. not healthy for you as an individual either because like you're living out of alignment. You're living in a, in a state of survival, which you're just, your body is in a constant reactive state and it's just like stress. So you might get blood pressure, you might... Um, you know, develop like an eating disorder in the sense of whether you're overeating or undereating because you just want to run away from your problems yeah. or, you know, like other aspects, you know, like I'm sure there's other mental health issues that you might develop because you're not expressing yourself yeah. and you're internalizing all that. That puts a lot of pressure on you, on your body, physically, emotionally, you know what I mean? So this makes sense now that, that like, so when I said, when I asked the question of like, so why do all of us come kind of end up with these different personality types. Mm. You make a good point. So it could be simply the case that this is how we've kind of adjusted or developed with respect to our, our, our environment. It's, yeah. It's a safety coping strategy. Cause you could literally take that same baby, that what same make, child, exactly. put them in a different environment yes. and then they can come up with a different personality. So when I, when I say different personality, I know like science says, you know, one, your personality can be, can be as a result of your environment which is obvious. Mm. Another one could be, there might be some element of like a genetic factor mm. behind it. And I, for me, I don't really like that kind of um, view because I'm like, I don't think anyone in, is it particularly born a particular way? Cause I would like to think that when you're born, you're born with a clean slate, but this is where things get interesting. Cause some people, the people that say, but actually, no, this is just the way I am. This is the way I was born. Mm. That's where astrology becomes interesting. Mm. And the people that ironically enough, the people that, that have that kind of view and say, but this is just the way I am mm. are the ones that also dismiss astrology because astrology says, you know what? Um, you are the way you are because of because this, of this. but some people also might be like, well, you know what? It's in your DNA, mm. but the reality is it's hard to prove it's it. It's hard to prove it. And you're like to, but you still believe it and you still roll with that line of argument. I was just born this way. Yeah. I, right. I don't think it's anyone anyone like I don't, like we don't know enough like they say like a good chunk of your dna is junk dna but i i, I refuse to kind of accept that. i think my perspective on dna is that like we all have the capacity capabilities maybe if if it's genetics for a certain gene to be expressed if it's activated yeah right subject to the environment subject to the environment that's the key word yeah. right so if if there's some aspect in your environment that triggers the activation of that genetic expression yeah then you, for example, might be more like your brain rewires itself to be more introverted, extroverted, intuitive, sensor, whatever, yeah. you know, um, because there's no doubt. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like there's a combination of factors that can influence a person's personality. And we're not saying the Myers-Briggs is saying, this is your personality. What the mm. Myers-Briggs, they ask all these questions, right? It says, how do you deal with like situations where see it's all it's all about how to do you're yeah. reacting to your how environment do you react to this? Well, how do you express your emotions when, when someone's like this mm. or how so all it says is like based on whatever's happened to in your life for the most part um or how you grew up and all this and what you've been exposed to mm. this is what you ended up yeah like let's just take that let's just work on that um Fleshy example down. of the introvert right so if you guys have ever hung out with like or have friends who are introverts 
it's not that introverts don't have opinions or thoughts mm. on, on matters. Like you, when you sit there, they do. And they think of them. Yeah. But they're just sitting there inquiring. And you're just thinking to yourself, like, why doesn't this person have a thing, like a thought or. Why like, do they express themselves? Why do they express themselves? And it's like, literally, they probably were raised in an environment where when they did, exp- when they tried to express themselves. Someone would shut down them. Well, either that down. or they would dismiss. Like dismiss. their opinion is just like, oh, I know, you you're know, that's stupid. You're, you're stupid. That yeah. And it's just like. otherwise invalidated so it's just like this person is who we're saying is an introvert is not necessarily it's just like you could you could express yourself right but you've now wired yourself in a way to associate um so long as i stay quiet and meek and whatever you know and like you know if i do share my opinion a person really literally has to extract it out of me or i have to really feel safe like if you actually haven't been with introverts like they have a completely different a side to them. Closer group of people. Closer group of people because they feel, and the key word here is safe. safe. Yeah. Right. So it's like, ah, oh, you say to yourself, I didn't know you were like they this. They won't judge me for it. They won't. Yeah. Because now, me. you know, because now they feel safe. So like it all comes back to. Um, That's right. Because for anyone to say like, this is a good point. So anyone to be like, oh, introverts just like to stay at home. Mm. They hate being around people. Mm. They hate like kind of like going out and about. That's not true. Mm. There are many introverts that like associating with people that like going out. You know, they're not all homebodies. They're not yeah. all just like cerebral intellectuals who don't like to kind of participate in activities and society. Mm. But for for some for some reason, right in the le- in in their growth phase, mm. right. And this is what's interesting is they, a lot of scientists say the first seven years of a child's development mm. are the most important. Right. Cause that's when your personality is really shaped the first seven years of your life. Um, in the first seven years, at least in the first seven years of their lives, yeah. um, something happened where like their opinions were dismissed. Um, their presence mm. was dismissed. They were mm. invalidated. They were told they're stupid. They're silly. You know, so well, they, they could have, they could have observed it. They could have they seen, observed it. they've yeah. seen the dynamics play well, out. They where... shrunk themselves kind of mm. to make themselves small. So that they wouldn't be, and you see that with introverts, like target. generally hunched shoulders. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The body language is very closed off because yeah. they're like, maybe if I kind of disappear, people mm. won't notice me, and I'll be safe, and they'll leave me alone. Mm. Why do they want to be left alone? Mm. What is this danger, mm. you know, or this thing that they're afraid of? But I think it also can you can go in one of two ways. So like our 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 is an introvert, but like my brother and I were extroverts, right? I mean I sit on the spectrum, but still like more largely extrovert extroverted. So like you would think to yourself, because like our parents could sometimes be very dismissive, invalidating, right? I mean, it's sometimes it's probably unintentional. It's just maybe the way they grew up, mm-hmm. and it's just like that generational trauma carries forward, right? But like we became extroverts and like we became almost defiant, right? We chose instead of being meek and like submissive, we're like, no, like we're going to stand up. Like I don't agree with your opinion and I'm not afraid to voice that opinion, mm-hmm. right? But like that could be simple, simply to do with the fact that we were we're as as boys you're you're more perhaps you're you're more inclined to actually speak your mind and Mm -hmm. you're more able to stand up for yourself not to say that because that's that's the only reason Mm. but it could be part of the equation there might also be an aspect like you said genetically maybe like innately we're just a bit more resilient or like we're not as afraid to speak our mind out of fear of consequence because we're like Maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. Actually, maybe it's to do with like, as, as boys, like I can defend myself physically if things were to escalate. 
right? So I don't have to be as worried about sharing my opinion. That's true. Or and I find this to generally be the case where the eldest child of any family, particularly in a dysfunctional, unhealthy family, mm. they copy the worst. So that child learned early on to shrink themselves, make them small, right. themselves small. But they were also on the receiving end mm. for the most part of a lot of those attacks mm. or like those kind of verbal arguments. Mm. Or, whereas the the young the child that was younger mm. kind of got around it because they weren't they weren't in the um, crosshairs, right? Right. But the oldest child generally always is in the crosshairs. Mm. Even the parents are still learning from. Bears the brunt. Bears yeah. the brunt of it. And it will be interesting to find out. Maybe in most cases, the oldest child tends to generally be more introverted, perhaps, than the youngest child. It could be, but I, I also think it depends on what coping strategy you choose. Mm. Because, like, this, this, this is a whole different conversation and topic. But, like, for example, a person can you become a narcissist or a codependent as a coping strategy? You know, in terms of if you're in an unstable environment, and that's. I think it, I don't. I don't really understand why or how. Like why a person would choose one or the other. Yeah. But there is at some point a conscious choice that is made. You know what I mean? Um, to use that particular coping strategy to deal with a very unsafe and uncertain environment. And I think it, the same really applies with you know whether you choose to be an introvert or extroverted. Um, and I think like in the sense of we also compensate like why we were extroverts. We oh, but you know this is also an intuitive. Maybe that line of argument is not correct. But I was going to say. Essentially, maybe we like our weaker point was our intuition. Well, not intuition, but our sensing. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we could stand up for ourselves, but we couldn't necessarily read the facts, you yeah. know, in terms of our environment well enough that we had to rely on our intuition because there was just so much ambiguity. Because mm. she does have a higher level of intuition than, than we do. Our sister. Our sister. Right. Yeah. Um, she's really good at reading people, actually, like their energies and all that. But she, I don't think she understands it. She picks up on the energy from what I understand, mm. but she can't put the interpretation behind it quickly enough. Like mm. she would just say, I feel uncomfortable. Like I sense being that there's like, there's a sense of discomfort, mm. but without actually understanding where that discomfort um, is coming from or where it's rooted. Mm. But so then going back, you know, so, okay. So we said, it seems like a lot of people kind of develop these personality, these qualities that make them like an ENFP or an INFJ or whatever, based on six, based on the 16 personalities, based on their experiences and their upbringing and everything like that. So then when we started going out to people and, you know, speaking more openly about it, it what, what was so surprising to me was again, like I'll just be right back. Keep going. Yeah, we, we, we mentioned the earlier is how, how dismissive people could be. It's almost like they were they were afraid, and the question is why? Why are you afraid, or why are you, why are you trying to water it down, or kind of like play it down when you yourself haven't really delved into it far enough? Yeah, and and that that, that kind of used to make me very angry and upset. And like, I'm just like I don't I don't get it. Like, mm. and, and people just roll their eyes and just yeah. like, just, just stop thinking about this stuff. Mm. Stop going too deep. Um, it's very particularly the deep parts. Like people were so afraid or so triggered by you going deeper mm. almost like it's like i don't want to go this deep mm. i don't want to think about this stop it and a lot of those people to be fair um i felt like had problems or they weren't really fully i want to, I want to, I want to say they're like very well regulated no. people and i don't mean it in a condescending or, 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 or dismissive way but they're I, generally people that live um in a very escapist, escapist mindset. Escapism, that's right. So they're the people like, you know, come Friday night, it's just like, I'm just going to go and drink my problems away. I'm going to club my problems away. 
I'm just going to constantly surround myself with jump people, into relationships, jump into relationships because I don't want to think, you know what I mean? And I want to escape from who I am. Yeah. It says, I don't want to sit down and have to like, look at myself because I don't like myself. Truly. You know, like they don't like themselves, but they're not, not everyone's willing to on, be open. And it is a diff- it, it is a very difficult. And we said, it's a very draining and taxing, um, endeavor to have to be this way right like so like i i have empathy and i can understand why people don't want to also like um you know want to just fixate and like constantly think to myself like what's wrong like how can i improve why am i the way i am blah 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 like it is it is not for the faint-hearted like it it is a very because you're literally breaking the foundations and you're trying to start from scratch and you're trying to say, okay, what, what happened in, in the kind of the laying of this foundation, mm. right? And a lot of foundations when they're being laid, there's cracks, you know, there's things that don't necessarily settle properly. And that's what I think we were trying to do. We we're trying to say, you know what, let's, 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 let's go back for a second. And, and you know that there are issues in society, right? Around this, because like, like, for example, look at Disney. Now, you have this whole new genre of movies that are coming out, like Encanto, right? Um, where it's talking about, like, generational trauma, yeah? And it's it's a being approached from, like, a, a very psychological angle. Mm. You know, people with, like, who don't, who don't have a strong sense of self-worth, who, you know, feel like they're the black sheep outside of the family. Just misunderstood. Um, misunderstood. Unappreciated. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's clearly like the, cause the messaging now has made it into the mainstream. And it's like the, the, you know, these, these are messages now create, like these movies are being created by millennials who are trying to express how they feel. And we also were saying we live in, we know we live in a broken society where, you know, the divorce rate is one in two where we, you know, we see a lot of individuals, um, high levels of depression, um, high levels of anxiety, you know, le- high levels of suicide, people feeling lonely. You know, there's, it's, it's an epidemic, like this sense of loneliness. Like this, this all stems from trauma, uh, childhood trauma. So there's, 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 it's very obvious that society um, is to a large degree broken and there's this need to reparent ourselves right? Because there was just so much, and again, it's perhaps it's, it's largely unconscious, but there's just been so much damage done by the the baby boomers. And again, these, you got to remember, like, these are guys who also grew up in very, during unsafe times, you know, during like World War One, or sorry, World War Two, um, And then, you know, there, a lot of the, like, if you come from an immigrant background, you know, there might be civil war, um, your parents are kind of like, you know, escaping from, so like, again, so they were raised in this traumatic environment where there wasn't safety. So they developed all these coping mechanisms, um, around that. Right. And it was pretty much unhealthy coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And so then that just kept get, carrying forward and forward and forward into the next generation. Yeah, exactly. And now guys, where, what are we living in the pandemic COVID, right? So like you can see there's the reason why mental health is such a big issue lately for the last two years. Is because people feel unsafe, you know what I mean? And people are gravitating to people like Trump and whatever because they're looking for certainty during uncertain times. Again, it's a coping strategy because you ask yourself, why do people fall for like douchebags in relationships or like, you know, girls who are not great or whatever? It's like, why do people vote for Trump? Because we're living in uncertain times where there's a high level state of anxiety and, 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 you know, people just feeling, I need, I need to know the outcome. I need to know the answers. Like, you know, this guy is saying that I, you know, he, he can figure things all out. He can make things better for us. 
Um, it's a bit of a digression, but I just think it's it's a very yeah. relative rele- uh, relevant point. So, so so yeah, so a lot of people get their results and they just wouldn't really think much of it, or they'll just dismiss it and they'll be like, you know what, whatever, you know, it doesn't mean anything. They just go about their their lives normally. Mm. But then you had people like myself and my brother and others. I'm sure there's others out there. I've met a few. And then they said, this is a gold mine. And this will allow us to understand ourselves better and see where we fall short in life. Because even mm. with, the, with the test, it tells you your strengths and your weaknesses, mm. right? And obviously people can change and you can, you can, you can build on your strengths and you can also A hundred percent you can change. I, yeah. I, I definitely believe that it's, it's, it's not a black and white. It's not a sentencing it's, and saying it's, you are it's for the rest of your just, life. It's, it's, it's just how you decide to cope in your environment. Yeah. That's all it comes down to. And, um, and, and so in my own personal life, again, it's getting more people accustomed to it, acquainted with it. And I would ask people, well, oh, what's your MBTI, you know, and they've done, they've done the tests for their jobs or, or whatever maybe on their own free time. And then they'll be like this. And then they'll be like, what does that mean? And you start explaining it to them like, oh, really? Okay. And then they seem to be somewhat fascinated because you seem to be hitting the right mm. um, points mm. or the, you know, the right nails. And, and then people's like, okay, this is fascinating. This is fascinating. Mm. But then after a while you start saying, okay, but then there's, there's a darker side to this, right? Because right. we, 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 you could say, right, this is what you want, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But also, this is how you react when you're angry. And this is how you react when you're sad. And this mm. is like, I don't do that. I'm not like that. It's this kind of rejection, mm. right? Even though you, as a person who's around this, this individual, you're like, this is how you are. Right. Because again, going back to it, people were afraid mm. to be cast as something or be labeled as something. You're like, right. Because I don't want to be thought of like some people, unfortunately. I've got this image, this persona. It's the, it's honestly the ego. It's just yeah. like, I need to maintain this on, on social media. I've curated this idea that I'm a, I'm a nice person or right. I'm a, you know, sophisticated person, whatever. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a Zen yoga master yeah. teacher. But yeah, like I guess you're, you're a lot, in a lot of instances, those individuals are fighting against their ego, their, their ego. higher self versus their yeah. ego. Because they, everyone wants to feel like they've got complete control and autonomy, and no one's saying that they don't. Mm. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so that that that's what happened. We're like, okay, this was interesting. I've learned a lot, you know. But there's a lot that still is unexplained, mm. right? And then that's where, for me personally, I came into astrology. I used to be extremely dismissive yeah like i never used to believe in it and, then, and i don't think people a lot of people realize that about us and they think oh they just these two brothers are really into astrology yeah. and stuff like astrology actually goes quite against our cultural and core beliefs you know what i mean and and religiously it wouldn't say that's the thing it's not necessarily astrology what what people get confused is they confuse astrology with horoscopes yeah see horoscopes for me it's about fortune telling and fortune to telling, the future. trying to see the future which is yeah. impossible no one can foresee the future mm-hmm. no one can predict the future mm-hmm. um and then that's where stuff gets problematic and particularly for people who are religious i completely agree like it's it's nonsense in the sense that you can't foresee the future you can't predict the future but when we're saying what when we speak of astrology we're saying for whatever reason just, it just so happens that the way the planets, the moon, all that, the sun were positioned when you were born, at the time that you were born, it somehow impacted your personality. And I think Carl Jung, mm-hmm. who is a famous, um, is a famous academic and psychologist um, and psychoanalyst, he, he, he put it very well because he said, look, I don't know how to explain it scientifically, mm-hmm. but there is something there. And he gave an analogy. He said... Think of, of, of um, a vineyard where you're growing kind of grapes to be turned into wine. 
And based on the time period that those, those vines were planted, the soil condition, the weather, you know, even the location, mm-hmm. it all impacts and influences the, um, the taste of the wine and the un- underlying kind of, is it not? flavor, flavor yeah. the notes, the, the smell? Yeah, the notes, yeah. It all plays a part. And mm-hmm. the same, they say the same, the same thing with a human being. For some reason, it just so happens, based on how the planets are aligned when you were born, mm-hmm. that it impacts your personality. And so, again, like I said, just going back, I was like, okay, MBTI is, is, is interesting, but this I, I've met people who are both ENFPs, mm-hmm. but they're still not necessarily 100% the same mm-hmm. because obviously humans are a lot more complicated than just, just this one personality test. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people make that argument and it's a fair argument. Yeah. And that's where astrology, I was like, well, you know what? Let me just give this a chance. I'm just curious, mm-hmm. right? Can this also kind of provide me with more information and further enhance my understanding of people? Mm-hmm. And, and the world around me can, again, it's like a trauma response. I need to understand people mm. better. I need to understand the world better. I need to understand things better because mm. I need to feel safer and I need more certainty. But then I was like, okay, let's, let's look into this. When was I born? August 31st. Mm-hmm. I'm a Virgo, right? And that's the most superficial f- version of astrology, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a Virgo. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. It means I'm meticulous. I'm very kind of a bit critical, perfectionist, perfectionist you know, very grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not hot headed, but you know, it takes a lot for me to get angry. Mm-hmm. But when I get angry, it's like a volcano that's about to erupt. Mm-hmm. I'm an earth sign at the end of the day. And then slowly things started to make sense from that point of view. Mm-hmm. And again, when you start talking to people about it, what's their natural response? It's very dismissive. Yeah. yeah. And why are they dismissive again? Because people don't want to box, be boxed in. And they're right. like, this is a bit airy-fairy. It could be generally applied to anyone. And the truth is it can't. You can't put an Aries and a Virgo in the same box. Because these people who, who, who say this, they've never delved deeper into this. Mm. And Aries generally is quite um, headstrong. Impulsive. Impulsive. Um, they are very ambitious. Mm-hmm. They are very direct as people. Risk-taking. You know, they're risk-taking. They get yeah. they're quick to anger, but they uh, while they're quick to anger, they can kind of calm themselves down relatively quick, mm. quickly as well. But I guess there's a lot more complexity to it because mm-hmm. this, is wh- this is where I start to actually form a different opinion about astrology, even though I, I used to think it's um, there might be some element of truth to it. Like... Besides just your sun sign, which is like, you know, for example, Sam just saying he's a Virgo, which dictates, apparently just dictates your personality. There's a whole natal chart component to astrology, which just says, well, you're more than just your sun sign. You are, your moon sign is basically how you are emotionally. Then you've got, you know, like your, your Venus sign, how you are in relationships. Your Mars sign is. I think it's um, communication. No, I think Mars is also something to do with like relationships. Like one is like how you are in love versus one yeah. how you're in a relationship, etc. So there's multiple components. But at the same time, part of me thinks that there's a reason why there's multiple components in astrology because that way if you say, well, I don't really resonate with my sun sign, well, it's because your, you know, your, your Venus is this way, your Mars is that way, you know, your Mars is a Pisces. That's why you're also like a dream in relationships. So I think the danger with astrology is that because it's so it's so like it's made up of so many components you can just say oh i'm that way because of um that aspect in my chart so that's why i'm I'm a bit like hesitant these days to wholeheartedly like think you know there's a lot of authenticity to astrology but the point stands is 
the reason that person gets into astrology is because they feel misunderstood and they're looking for understanding. Um, and likewise, you know, you look at MBTI because you feel misunderstood and you're looking to understand yourself and others. That's right. And so, for example, I, I know like on TV and YouTube and, and TikTok, you, you have these you have these guys that are interviewed about astrology and then they'll be like, oh, astrology is a lot of crap. And a lot of girls that they go on dates with ask them about their, mm. their star signs, specifically their sun signs. Mm. And these, these guys are automatically quite dismissive or people for some reason treat it as like a more feminine thing. Mm. But the reason is, my view is the reason why a lot of females have gotten into astrology or kind of gravitate towards astrology. Again, it comes down to understanding. Mm. A lot of them have been burnt by their relationships. Men of, are unpredictable. Men are unpredictable. Some men can be unpredictable. Um, they've been used in their relationships. Mm -hmm. They've been abused in their relationships, right? And so they, they're looking for something to help them. Certainty. For some certainty, something to, mm -hmm. to, to make it clearer and easier for them to navigate the world of dating and mm -hmm. relationships. And that's why they kind of gravitate towards it. Unfortunately, a lot of guys who, 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 who do gravitate away not unfortunately, but the guys that just gravitate away from it, they could be the ones who are causing a lot of these problems. And, and, and a lot of these guys who are also dismissive of stuff like MBTI or astrology, the way I see mm. it is they don't want a girl to invest, but not, it could be vice versa, but they don't want that person to um, basically dig deeper into their persona mm. because generally a lot of them are putting up a front. They're fake. They don't want to be exposed, right? So there's this potential, there's this tool, there's something which could expose them because uncover, yeah. uncover them because they actually are not living authentically in alignment with their true persona, like who they are, um, what their character is, you know? And so like these girls are trying to figure out guys or whatever, using astrology, using whatever, like who are you, who's really in front of me? And so their response is actually one of insecurity and panic so because it's like, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm that. playing this character right now and I need you to believe in this character because I have an agenda and an intention and outcome here, you know? So, um, like it, the, the, the actual lesson here is, is if a person doesn't want to actually provide more information about who they are or want to like the other person to explore and understand them. That's a huge red flag mm. that you're dealing with an individual who is not being authentic, is possibly a charlatan. Yeah, we're not necessarily because there are there. Are, I'm not saying, we're not saying who are all guys are like yeah. who who are who kind of steer away from it or dismiss it straight away have like some nefarious intentions. It could be simply as a guy who isn't really sure of themselves, mm. and they they they're hiding behind this mask and they they they're so afraid of being kind of exposed or like let's say for example if you if you say to someone oh you're you're a Libra right mm. and look libras are great people but not necessarily the most sure of themselves or the most interesting and there's insecurities there and all of that and they might necessarily they might straight away dismiss it like this is all a bogus you know hoo-ha even though they themselves haven't really investigated it like how can you call something bogus or dismiss it without really going deeper into it mm. right because no true intellectual can can claim to be an intellectual unless they actually give doesn't matter how ridiculous an idea is. It's Just a hypothesis. Test it out. See. You have to test it out. Yeah. Right. See if there's a pattern that can be kind of repeated. Um, and so they're so afraid because they're like, but then you're saying that I'm a boring person mm. or I'm a person who's very indecisive. Yeah. Right. 
That's what they're afraid of. Um, because again, it's not in alignment with the, the fake persona yeah, or the who, character or they're, they're trying, trying to represent. project themselves. A lot of people quite, let's be honest, inauthentic. Yeah. You know, they watch a TV program. They, they, they're, they're around certain people and they want to take on these personality traits, but they're not kind of being true to themselves. Mm. And they're trying to pass along because they're like, I don't want this girl to leave me. I want people to think, even if I'm in the And guys, we've all been there. Yeah. Like, it's not to say that, you know, None of, not, none of us have done it. Like, yes, there, 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 I'm sure a lot of us have tried to adjust our personalities or change our personalities to win over an individual, win over a deal, win, like, you know, get part of the whole people pleasing nature too. Like, but the, I guess the point here is like the, the better thing to be doing is also to be living in true alignment with who you are, mm. especially when you're interacting and dealing with people, because like, why would you want to, essentially end up with somebody who uh, at some point is going to see your real persona and be like, well, I don't, I don't like this person in front of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And vice versa. So, so, you know, why, why dismiss astrology? Astrology is just another tool. It's just like MBTI. It's another tool. And there's other tools out there mm. beyond MBTI and astrology. Neuropower. Yeah. I can't remember the, we, the, my work made me do one the other day called like TMS or Even something. Even tests that just test your love language. Like how many people dismiss it? There is, there's an element of truth. People have different love languages. Some people like words of af affirmation. Some people like, um, acts of service, acts of service, you physical know, touch, physical touch and all yeah. that stuff. Like why are we so quick to dismiss all these things? The people that truly in my mind that don't want to grow in life, don't want to be exposed. They don't want to be exposed. They just like, you know what? This is all a lot of crap. Um, let's just look at what's in front of us. I don't want to grow. I don't want to be yeah, exposed. I don't grow. This yeah. is who I am. You just have to accept me for the way that I am. Yeah. Fair enough. That's no, there's no problems, but you know what? Not everyone's compatible with your personality type or your kind of your persona of who you are. It just so happens that yeah, with MBTI, there are, there are personalities that are very much compatible with each other more so See, than again, others. This is why I'm going to disagree because like, I think when it comes to compatibility in this like MBTI, I don't think you can actually base it on on MBTI because Beyond your MBTI just means like essentially your coping strategies and my coping strategies are in alignment. It means they're in alignment, but what it also saying, saying, say for example, an ENFP's compatibility is really compatible with an INTJ or an INFJ. The reason being is whatever shortcomings that we yeah, there's develop, a need that you're, you're they fulfilling. can kind of fulfill those shortcomings. But in that case, that means opposites are the ones that should be like generally speaking, attract. opposites do attract. That's why there's so an I should always be with an E an N should always be with an generally S, speaking, a T should be with an F, a J should be with a P but generally, because then you're they, complimenting. It doesn't necessarily mean like you're doomed or you're, you're, you're going to fail mm. in your relationship. Just saying, where you're weak, they are strong and vice versa. And yeah. then it just makes you, it makes the relationship and the foundations of that relationship stronger. Mm. That's as simple as it gets. Mm. You're making things easier for yourself. Realistic. And then the same thing with astrology, you know, a Virgo is really compatible with a Taurus mm. or a Cancerian or a Pisces. There's no Capricorn. Yeah. Oh, it's, but looking just at the personality, that's right. Mm. We're not looking at um, the moon signs, but. The fact of the matter is, you know what? Virgos can be quite emotionally closed off mm. somewhat, you know, we, we don't know how to express ourselves as, as I think earth signs in general, Yeah, earth signs in general, Capricorns, Virgos, Tauruses, mm. and being with someone who's like, let's say a water, water sign. sign, water signs as for people who do know astrology, they're very emotional beings. They're mm. very emotionally expressive. They definitely tune into that frequency a lot better. 
but they might be tuning into it a little bit too much where they need an earth sign to kind of bring them back to reality, mm. ground them a bit, make them a bit, um, and likewise, and like, bring out more of the emotional aspects yeah. of the earth. Sign. But there is no doubt, you know, you can't put, if you put two fire signs, only like, let's be honest, fire signs with fire signs can handle each other, but it's not, it's, it'd be toxic. It'd be, it, it's very, it's very, it's toxic. going to be, be very, very, um, it's a, it's challenging battle for power with, with battle fire for power. Yeah. Um, you know, they say, they say, you know, putting a fire sign with a water sign isn't ideal mm. because the water will extinguish the fire yeah. and the fire at the same time, just like it has, it's just too much for this kind of calm, serene, um, element, um, elemental being, mm. you know, and we can play around, but I've, I've met enough people now, you know, I've asked enough people, you've asked enough people. Um, other people have done the same thing where you kind of start to see patterns. Look, there's definitely something there to yeah. astrol like to the whole astrology aspect, right? Um, but I don't think it's easy for us to place our finger and say, like, what is it exactly that makes like Virgos, Virgos, mm. Aries, Aries, Cancerians, Cancerians. Um, like, I, I, I don't think society is just ready yet for that esoteric realm. So I think it's even best just to park it on the side in terms of whenever you have conversations with people, unless that person is really open-minded and understands that there's a world out there besides this 3D realm, you mm -hmm. know, where there's other aspects you know, that exist in terms of senses and, um, you know, like your, you know, like your sixth sense or whatever, we call it the 5D realm, then it is honestly no point in having that conversation. Um, I think, yeah, but at the same time, again, I have some hesitancy nowadays about also astrology. Um, there is stuff there again, like I can't explain, but I, I do believe because like it was also designed in a way where, you know, like you could literally link a certain aspect of yourself, a personality trait to, to one of the, you know, your Venus sign or your moon sign or your My point Mars is, or whatever is for people in general to not be so dismissive to these various, uh, things. Yeah. Keep an open mind. It's like, don't, don't just write it off simply because it just doesn't fit your narrative or yeah. the way that you're trying to project or present yourself to the world or because you feel like, you know what, that you read something that you don't like about yourself, you know, that you're like, but I don't want to think of myself as this, mm. you know, I don't want to, like, I have a particular view that I want to kind of maintain, which is fine. If you, but the reality is I'm just going to say like, if you're a stubborn person, you know what I'm saying? Like, and you read that you're a stubborn person and you just don't want to accept it. But a lot of people around you might actually think you are a stubborn person. Mm. It annoys you, you know, and you're like, I don't want to accept this. So you re violently reject everything about astrology or MBTI. Or for example, if, if you said, if MBTI astrology says, oh, you're, you're a person who's very hot tempered and you're quite impulsive, right? And you don't really think things through and you can be quite aggressive. How many people want to, want to be told that? Mm. Or how many people want to admit that about themselves? But I'm sure they've heard it from other people like you're selfish, you're impulsive, you're aggressive. No one wants to be like, but that's it. I'm being defined as this thing. And it, it scares them because they know it's not an admirable or great quality. Mm. Right. And what we're saying is rather than people looking at this and saying, wow, this is a great opportunity for me to say, okay, I have, I have tendencies where I can be stubborn. I could be aggressive. Let me look into myself so that next time I can catch myself. Next time someone says to me like, Hey, you, that was quite aggressive or, or very, hurtful of you, you could say to yourself, you know what, they might actually be making a good point mm. because I do have a natural tendency to kind of behave this way. And we're saying use these tools as anything, as, 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 as an opportunity for growth. See, I, but I don't think it's in, in that particular example, like I don't think 
people have tendencies to be angry, to be um, selfish, whatever. I, I think, again, this is all learned behavior. So, um, you know, just because you're a certain star sign doesn't mean, you, you know, you're defined by certain qualities. At the end of the day, um, we're reaching two hours, by the way, so we should probably wrap it up. But, and, you know, we're fasting, guys. So, like, yeah, it's getting hard. We haven't drank any water, and, like, you know, I'm, I'm actually starting to feel a bit tired. Yeah. But, yeah, exactly. like, you aren't defined by your, your star sign. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, just keep an open mind, like you said, and use it as an opportunity to, or as a catalyst, to explore who you are as an individual at this present time, at this moment, because people change. Um, and, yeah, like, just if it can basically guide you in terms of what are your positive and negative aspects and just use it. You have nothing to lose, like literally. No, definitely agree. And you know what? I think this was a good um, start to our podcast. Yeah. Um, I know we kind of went in different directions a little bit. You know, we're still trying to find our feet. We're trying to get used to this kind of meeting. I actually enjoyed it because we started yeah. the conversation really in terms of just ex- kind of portraying who we are as, yeah. as podcasters and then got into the topic of uh, basically, you know, our upbringing and then just, you know, the psychology of why we are the way we are. And then, you know, exploring the, you know, just the whole aspect of, um, you know, personality plus, you know, looking now into the topic of astrology. So I think I, I generally feel like it was quite, um, whether it's, you know, unintentionally, it was quite structured. Like there mm. was some good flow to it. Mm. Yeah, and this is a lot of things I feel like that I want to say and want to talk about. Like, there's other topics that for me have affected me personally, like narcissism, you know, understanding what narcissism is, seeing it around me. Um, so some guys playing some music in the background. Yeah. Um, and other things that we've learned, just going deep into, into personalities, human behavior, human psychology. And we, we will eventually get deeper, mm-hmm. I think. And Definitely also topic of mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts, yeah. BJJ. Kickboxing. Um, kickboxing. And just even talking about various like programs on Netflix that we find interesting and kind of psychoanalyzing certain things. Or yeah. Like- so this, this channel isn't necessarily for any, like podcasts for anyone, but like I think it definitely will resonate more with people who are like deep thinkers, deep thinkers, introspective, you know, people who ask a lot of why wow. questions, mm-hmm. um, you know, anyone who's not really just satisfied in terms of just accepting things at face value and just, you know, and wants to really look at the deeper aspects of, of everything. Of everything. Like, it could even be political right now. Mm. Say, for example, what's happening in, in Russia and Ukraine, right? Mm. And the truth is the world has had other conflicts and other issues and trying to understand why this conflict or this land grab is seen as more important or controversial than, say, for example, Palestine-Israel conflict and the Palestinians being displaced and having their land taken away. Mm. So we just want to delve deeper into, into the psychology of people and why people behave the way they behave and why they believe what they believe and how media, you know, and, and various things can influence people's people's mindsets. Yeah, I feel like definitely um, our, our general underlying focus and theme was will be from a psychological yeah, or psychoanalytical, psychoanalytical perspective. perspective yeah even like you know we're watching something as light as the ultimatum on netflix you know which is a which is a reality kind of um relationship dating kind of show or love is blind and then just going deeper into 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 the, into the decisions that people have made into how these relationships kind of formed or, or broke apart and, and and how um people 
you know, when you, when you look at them, why they kind of mm-hmm. make the decisions or choices that they make, even that t- the Netflix series, um, with the vegan lady, uh, bad vegan, bad vegan and relationships, you know, why people end up in the relationships that they end up in, why, why women go for certain men and why mm. men go for certain women, mm. you know, that's to be fair, like we've all heard it all. Some women say all men are trash. And the question is what would lead you to, to that point or conclusion in your life? And certain men being basically all women, uh, yeah. Insert expletive, expletive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Without, without like, but you, yeah. you know, so the, I mean, the conversation, I guess the point is, could go anywhere and we're yeah. covering a lot of topics. Um, I, I, I think we should wrap up the conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks for um, staying tuned, tuned and yeah, hopefully we'll see you next week or possibly we might even maybe do it twice maybe, a week, maybe do twice weekly podcast, but yeah, keen to hear your thoughts and your opinions and um, yeah. So this podcast will be available hopefully on YouTube, Spotify, I think can too. Can we get it on Spotify? Yeah, I think we can get it on Spotify. Is it? That yeah. Is yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be YouTube, Spotify, maybe, I don't know if TikTok even allows you to have a two hour. No, no. TikTok, I think yeah. is maximum 10 minutes, but like Instagram. we'll put it up on Spotify. We'll have an Instagram page. Yeah. We'll definitely have an Instagram page, but I think we'll just put it up on, for, to start with Spotify and yeah. YouTube and hopefully we'll build our community from there, guys. Looking so forward. yeah, this was two twins and a mic. Uh, thank you for tuning in with us guys and we will see you well we won't see you but we'll he will we'll, well you'll be hearing from us <laughs> yeah